0: listeners, you're listening to Nightmare junkhead. Nightmare junkhead
1: with Genius McGee and Greg D. I'm G.E. Saul Guerrero from Lucha Gore Productions. Oh. Gore is love, baby.
2: In and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that knows one thing leads to another. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, we're delving even deeper into the mouth of March Madness as we'll talk the surviving horror classics from our 2009 bracket. But before we get into that, let me remind you we're part of the Boom Howdy podcast network. Boom Howdy. You can find all of our episodes at boomhowdy.com, or the easiest way to listen in is to simply search for Nightmare Junkhead in your iTunes or SoundCloud app. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it'll download directly to your listening device of choice.
0: All up in your, uh, rap snack hole.
2: (laughs) ear (sighs) hole.
0: oh oh i got stuck i was like oh no where i lost it and then i look at all these rap snacks and
2: this far into the mouth of march madness it's understood it happens it happens (laughs) but if you want to continue to follow us on the social media make sure on twitter you can find us at nightmare junk and on facebook at nightmare junkhead and of course this time of the
0: year it is important to follow us on the social media because how you gonna play if you you don't have the bracket you gotta and remember show your work. Always
2: show your work here on the Into the Mouth of March Madness tournament, and here we are in the year of two thousand and nine. Mm-hmm. In the next round, and before we get into the madness of the next round, let us go ahead give our respect, pour one out as it is
0: mm-hmm.
1: to
2: the f- the films that didn't make it. Uh, we are of course talking Thirst.
0: Yes, that
2: <laughs> still I'm gonna remember that screening. Always, always uh, the Collector. Mm-hmm. Drag me to hell. An
0: orphan. Yeah. What uh, poor Esther!
2: I know. And again, they they are behind. But we move on into the next round, and into the next forward. round, we move forward. And as you know, into the round of the scream sixteen and the round of the hateful eight, we bring in some of our favorite people here in the world of horror. And oh my goodness, you know our next guest. She is a rap snack completist and loyalist.
0: Yeah, this bracket is officially sponsored by Rap Snack.
2: Oh, of course, of course. She is the director of Call Girl, the stylist. In the upcoming one last meal, welcome back to Nightmare Junkhead, everyone's favorite Goth Gangsta Princess, Jill Gavargazion.
3: What's up?
2: <laughs> I didn't know how long to let that yo. one go there.
3: Yo yo yo, Jill here. Jill six Gavargazion.
2: What's going Easy on? Easy to pronounce last name. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It finally it took me forever to finally pronounce it. Gavargazion. I spent an ungodly amount of time before I actually even knew you to like. I think it was promoting something you were doing with Slaughter, and I know no joke. Probably took like ten takes trying to because I didn't know the pronu- pr- correct way to pronounce it. it. Was horrible. It was horrible. So, so no one else actually steps on everything before we get into the madness. Tell our listeners where can they find you out on the social media, please plug and promote away
3: at jill six on all of the things <laughs> and at six tape two x's on both of those it makes six it tape.com as well yeah and go you, to there
0: you are all over the social medias i mean all over you go know. look at
3: it all the social medias <laughs> right now well you can't miss what's happening You're right now right. but you'll see it you well, have to go back
2: and that's what's funny. This episode itself won't release until the very end of March. However, if you are following along with Jill on in the Instagram, I believe, you will Twitters. you will see our appreciation of rap snacks, uh, <laughs> all things. And it's funny. I always joke. It's like if anyone's first episode is one of your episodes because things are always a little bit You should
3: give them a little bit of an explanation. I'm a huge <sighs> rap snacks fan. Well, what are not even snacks? a year deep? They are chips and popcorn. They are snacks featuring wrappers on the front, and they're liter- named after the wrapper, like Migos sour cream and a dab of ranch, Little Boozy's fucking Louisiana heat,
0: then the Fetty Wap Fetty Wrap.
3: No, that's not what <laughs> it's called.
2: Genius, goddamn.
0: That's his fantasy wrap <laughs> snack.
3: Waps. Honey uh, jalapeno.
2: Honey jalapeno is where it sat for me. Although I will say it's a. They actually, I've had it as a poof rather than a potato a chip. <laughs> Did you get it? It was. Fen- was Trinas? Phenomenal. Those are Trinas. Trinas. Same
0: I,
3: flavor in a in a poof. In a poof. Which form. that just saying that doesn't feel right, <laughs> I but it's, I don't know what else to say. I'm a, a, fa- puff.
0: a puff. A puff. There it is. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm personally a fan of barbecue with my honey Romeo Miller. So. Oh,
3: man. I mean, Migos, Sour Cream, and a Dab Ranch is my fave. But today, the guys have brought three of the brand new flavors, including Cardi B's, which both have a barbecue situation. One is Cheddar Barbecue, and one is Jerk Barbecue.
2: I'm looking forward to the Jerk, the jerk Barbecue. One sounds good. And if they're not following you on Instagram, they are going to miss out on the unbagging and the tasting of themselves. And that
0: is kind of exciting, because... <laughs>
3: It's very it's a big moment guys. it is a huge
0: well in you the world of rap snackdom, this is a monumental. <laughs> When the royalty tries something new,
2: well, and that's just it. Uh, I'd like to say the round of the Scream sixteen is our royal round at yep. this point, and it is brought to us by Rap Snacks. So thank you for that. And <laughs> at this point, it's become kind of our libation to you—a libation of Rap Snacks for the for you know the Goth Gangsta Princess.
3: You know, I was hoping you guys would have some here, but I could not have imagined the brand new flavors <laughs> that were announced this wait last month, right after the Grammys. They're like, blam, Cardi B just won Grammys, and here's four new rep snacks because she's a queen. Biatch.
0: Shout out to Easy Stop number 37 on the <laughs> Kansas side. <laughs> yeah, I did
3: not imagine they had made their way to Kansas yet, but now we know.
2: That's because it's here in the Midwest, it's the place to be, right? 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 right. For horror, or not. So get us up, caught up to date here. Um, One Last Meal, I know, still working on that.
3: Yeah, we're in post production on it's a new short called One Last Meal. I'm so excited about how it's come together. Um, We should be done here in like a month and start submitting to festivals. We hope to premiere this summer at some, wherever we are accepted when we (laughs) submit to all of these. We have dream scenarios, but we can't, we don't want to say anything until we know. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's coming together really well. It's almost, so right now we're working on the score and... I've worked with the same composer on the last like, this will be our sixth project together, Nick Ehlert. And last project, it's normally just him like performing all the music on stuff himself. And last film, 42 Counts, we hired a a cellist or he did. And that was really exciting because one day I dreamed to like have, be able to have an orchestra. Um, Of course. And this time we're hiring here. He's going to get a, a a cellist again, violin, and clarinet, and he'll play the piano. So it'll be this... I've learned through him specifically this quartet or this arrangement that was created by a composer. There's no way I remember his name right now. From way back in the day, four uh, was like called, considered a prisoner's an ensemble. These prisoners performed this way back in World War II with those four instruments, and the film is set in prison. So Whoa. the connection was like... Yeah. that's that brought tears to my eyes just when he said that in an email. So this guy is like a genius beyond the music is incredible then he like thinks of things like that to, that is freaking incredible.
2: that is I'm and, so excited and, and that's another thing if you don't necessarily know it it doesn't take away anything but now yeah. that I do know the that extra
0: thing. layer just gives it that much more like punch and yeah and I'm excited too because like I'm a fan of your stuff. you, you put out some really good things
3: thank you so this one's real different it's more of like a satire yeah. our attempt at being coen-esque Cohen esque Cohen bros esque and we've been using this temp score when you're editing you'll use you know some random music that works just so it doesn't feel horribly uncomfortable <laughs> in the silence right And we've been using a f- part of fargo's score this whole time so i'm like when we re- put ours in it's gonna feel so not cool because we can't compare to theirs but this is gonna be freaking awesome. Well, that's um, very excited.
2: That's super cool. Mm-hmm. Well, I, even, I mean, the Coen brothers themselves are kind of horror adjacent, and go back to like Blood Simple. You know, yeah. a lot of their early stuff like yeah. that. You can see just that. Well, and and uh,
3: their stuff has a mix of like from dark comedy yes. to like yeah. th- crime thriller, is like all in one thing. We were trying to figure out like what would you call this movie? Like, there's a big gory thing that happens, but it's not scary. Mm-hmm. So we were like. It has It's set. It's in the crime world. It's in jail. I don't know if that's really the right genre. It's definitely has some dark comedy in it, but it's not like we're trying to make people laugh out right. loud. It's right. an awkward movie to describe.
2: You know what? Awkward laughter sometimes is the best laughter, especially when you're just when you can make them uncomfortable. Which
3: like when they they called three billboards a comedy, and to a normal person that means like. That doesn't yeah. mean that kind right. of movie. So they go see it, and they're like, "That's not a comedy." <laughs> well, it is in the sense of a very dark, ger- dramatic comedy. Mm-hmm. Right.
2: What yeah. would you think of that?
3: I love Three Billboards. I was a big fan. Did
2: you ever see no, that I one, Jay? No. Yeah, no, but, that's yeah, like you
0: said, it's great. I'm not it's when I go in. I'm not expecting Step Brothers, but I'm that's... expecting something a little bit more. I guess it's not as lighthearted as I thought I was going to go see. So. I think so that
3: Rockwell in that movie was an inspiration for one of the characters. McDormand
2: this. was wonderful as well. She I swear she was channeling my former mother-in-law like yeah. to the point where I was like, "Oh my god, that's incredible." She's wonderful in that. Even Woody Harrelson is yeah. really, like everyone involved I mean, is really good.
3: And it's all the people that are often in Cohen brother yeah. films. It feels like
2: their ensemble one of their films. Mm. Um, well, you've kind of got grown. You've got your own little, you've, some of your players, so to speak with Najara, you know, that she has shown up multiple times at this point. So you're kind of getting your own, you know, your stable and cast, which is kind of nice. Yeah.
3: I think, I think like, I understand why people just want to work with the same people. And cause you get better with each other each time you continue. And then with this one, it didn't, This one doesn't have any female roles for the first time that I've ever done anything. But I worked with Matt Mercer, who works with Najara all the time, back starting with like Contracted. They've worked on now multiple shorts and features, like over 10 things together.
2: And even like the crew yourself that you've put together, uh, same people that you've worked with before?
3: Yeah, mostly the same people. I'm working with a new editor this time, which was really exciting. A guy named Zach Wegman in LA. So we've never met in person. We've been working together for almost three months. Um, have like a phone call a week and email every day or other day. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's super talented and has had crazy ideas. I always forget how much something can change or become, or you can add to a film just like through editing ideas. Like it's pretty exciting. I've always
2: been fascinated with the editing process because to me, a lot of that is where a lot of the story comes okay. from. And yeah.
3: Like we added this, Radio broadcast at the start of the film because the main character is in his car at the opening, mm-hmm. and it's just like a th- thing to add to the audio. But I, I just figured we'd add music there. But you can add something story wise that way naturally, like you can basically add exposition without right. it being like someone just it's, saying, "Now right. I'm getting out of my car to do this," you know. Yeah. Um, and we, actually, Eric Stoll's the writer of the script. It's like his first voice he plays the, the, the voice of the radio DJ, so I think that's
2: exciting. <laughs> he's
3: like the just dry, smart ass radio DJ now in our movie. Super excited. He
2: was uh he was here was it in December? I think it yes. was for the yeah, he's there yeah, for one of the
1: was movie on- nights. Yeah. Was uh, was that on the other podcast? That was on the other podcast,
0: but it was for the Never Too Young to Die, the Velvet Ragnar one. (laughs) Yeah! Oh my gosh. Uh,
2: It's just, I like the fact that it becomes kind of a family thing, ultimately. Yeah. And just, it's nice, like I said. Especially
3: with a, as a director who I don't write as much. I'm not like a straight up writer, director. Um I still want to make stuff that means a lot to me. So it's hard for it to be something that just like shows up and I'm like, Oh, I connect to the, that's like a Mm -hmm. one in a million chance, but something that he wrote actually how I met him was through a feature that we're trying to get made that I did read and immediately was like, this means a lot. This feels like it was written for me. Like, like I knew I was going to direct it or something. Um, But it's nice to have gotten to find someone like that, like a writer that you can work with. That you get, because you need to be so close, really, and understand each other, mm-hmm. and be able to talk through ideas, and be like, "That sucks," and move on, you know. Yeah. Not, yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah well, we're, we're working a lot of stuff together.
2: I'm anxious to see the collaboration, how it comes about. Um, so obviously here in the summertime, that's when people will look forward to that. What else do we got on the uh, the uh, the burners there?
3: Just still t- trying to make these features. Yeah. Um, yes. The one with Eric, permanent address, and. Um, the stylus, still working hard on that one, too. So if we and do. we're trying to figure out put how to put other ones together, too, something that we can make while those are trying, which is like a million ideas and things we're trying to do. Nice. That's why we're also, I wanted to make another short, and I figured also it made sense to connect us as a team since we're trying to get features made. We haven't made a short or anything together yet.
0: Well, but that's smart of keep doing something. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Keep working. Mm-hmm. I will say
2: this. I Hopefully, and I don't know if any of our dirty dozen or listeners out there have any funds or anything like that, but uh, or any independently <laughs> wealthy dentist, if we can go the Sam Raimi route.
3: Yeah, who wants to fund a feature
0: film? <laughs> that's right. That
3: we'll make the, all the money back and more. It's going to be successful and fucking badass.
0: <laughs> yep, yep. And we got the catering down already with the wrap snacks. <laughs> that's right. So.
3: Wrap snacks are only $1.29 a bag. We can live off of this for the whole (laughs) film.
2: You can ration them and use them as currency. No one's going to work for me.
3: We'll feed you real food, I swear to God.
2: (laughs) Rap Snacks is real. Well, since they are the unofficial uh, sponsor of the Round of the Scream 16, let us go ahead and start talking the four films that have survived here in the year of 2009. This is, you know, we, we talk about that, you know, 2009 when you hit 10 years at this point and people are still talking about your film. It's
3: depressing that that's 10 years ago
2: oh no have we, have we made you <laughs> hit
3: something hard? <laughs> like, oh, Christmas. you know when you realize some like the anniversary is when something sets in i'm like how it's really that long right and i'm like yeah okay it the, is well, what the hell is going on how is it 2019 already
0: i'm gonna have it sound hella old but if someone says yeah 25 years ago i'm like oh yeah 1985 you know <laughs> so like <laughs> exactly that's that 35 years ago right to me it's
2: it's it's weird because I didn't mean this to just bring any uh you know existential dread or dilemma or anything like that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but ultimately, it Ten is. Ten years later. <laughs> what? But we are looking, talking four films here that have still definitely left a lot uh, a lasting legacy at this point. Um, and we're going to go ahead and go top to bottom here. Our first matchup, we have actually two. Uh, I don't want to say totally different films, but
0: they are yeah I mean yeah really? no they are they're, they're subtle and not subtle cause
2: really after the first round a lot of the stuff is totally different mm-hmm. uh, but we have Sean, uh, Sean Burns The Loved Ones going up against Ty West House of the Devil uh, we're gonna leave this up to the guest uh, GGP which one shall we talk about first oh man it's
3: hard to choose <laughs> I don't know if I wanna pit- let's go with House of the Devil first okay
2: alright House of the Devil, this is one, um, by any chance, your background with it, Jill, did you see this one in the theater? What was your initial relationship with this particular film?
3: Um, I did not see it in the theater. I don't think I saw it, like 2009. Um, Man, I'm trying to think of when I would have seen this. Oh, my God. I don't know. It was probably more like five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if I discovered it via, no, I already had seen this before. I have no idea how I saw it. (laughs) I think it's when I first kind of more got involved in the horror community because I was always a huge fan, but just on my own. Once I started going to conventions, which was like six, seven years ago, is when I started to learn more about smaller films like this, which they shouldn't be smaller. You know, normal people should hear about these. That's the problem. (laughs) Um, so yeah, that's when I first discovered it. And I, at first, my first impression, I was so impressed by the fact that it wasn't actually from like 1981 Mm -hmm. for being like a small film with barely any budget. It like nails the aesthetic more than most films that I have ever seen that ever try to do the (laughs) eighties. And even more so than like Rob Zombie, who I feel like probably had like 10 times the budget on his movies. They're not even... They look, like, inspired by what they are. Those are 70s, but still, they don't get it at all. This movie is, like, I don't even understand her hair, the way she (laughs) acts. Every single scene is, like, perfect. I know it's also 16 millimeter, and that helps how it looks, but the production design is, like, flawless. I know how much, like, that takes. That's insane for such a small-budget film. Like, it's perfect. And it's also, it's contained, which makes that easier but they do go to a lot of locations and it looks incre- like it always looks that period it's perfect mm-hmm. how much mo- they probably had no money for this movie what's well, the budget on IMDb it's
2: it's not a lot no and it does it looks lived in and that's the thing yeah. well that's what's it's rad it's so
3: is- natural it's not trying to be what it is yeah it, it pulls isn't. it off what it is yeah mm-hmm
2: no, and that it looks like a house that honestly you'd find in my neighborhood like i've been in houses yeah, that is, are set up like this that this is like
3: that your neighborhood is like those houses and that's what
2: adds that Victorian. kind of level of creepy to it but yeah w- is this something that did you enjoy it is this one that beyond did, the production um, design
3: yeah i enjoyed it i think it's a little i'm not going to use the word slow cuz i hate that word as like a, a negative mm-hmm. cuz slow movies are good um it's a little maybe boring at times. The it, pace. Even though I do like slow movies, it's just like, I don't know the characters. You don't get to know the characters, really. It's like, that's why I'm saying it's more aesthetically pleasing than it right. is. I don't know anything about that girl. For sure. Um, I've never even realized that until i said that out loud right now. That's yeah. why, like, I don't know anything I don't have feelings about the character, like deep
2: feelings. I think initially it's the ideas that kind of that universal feeling of that trying to get started, just mm-hmm. needing that little bit of a break, yeah. and then that desperation, putting yourself in a scenario you normally wouldn't do. Your friend is right there telling, "Again, I'm saying, Jill, don't go up into that creepy house there." And they're no, like, it'll "No, this be fine. This it'll is be fine." Yeah, this yeah. Be fine. You, and it's just you, all signs say, "Don't do it," but then you just need that one little break, and mm-hmm. you know, it's never going to be. You That's really
3: I- the only negative I could say, because I'm definitely in love with the other movie this is against, but I will say, when I also when I first saw this movie, I was like, this is like one of the coolest Satan movies I've seen in a long time, and hey, I Satan! love Satan movies. I just feel like they all were like exorcist movies, mm-hmm. the exorcism of blah, blah, like you can't yeah. even keep those titles straight. No, or the movies. And this, so this was like a refreshing, like classic, just if... It felt different, but it felt like a, a movie I hadn't seen before. Mm-hmm. it has like a lot of things. It was just a different movie.
0: But I have to agree with you on that mm-hmm. one. Um, I I still want I re want I want to rewatch it because I want to give it another shot because I don't. This was like a first time seeing. But aside from the aesthetics, I was kind of bored. You know, it was just like I was intrigued by like how it looked, but I'm like, okay, let's. I dozed off a few times. I mean, like and like you said, you don't. I'm, and when I say it was a slow movie, I'm not using it because, like, like you said, slow movies are good movies. But it just seemed to take a long time to get where it needed to go. And by then, I was kind of like already dozing and checked out. So, but I think there's something there that I still want to dig and find. You know, and know. the fact that it was a nice scene that I already knew of it, it kind of took some of that punch away well
2: it's a film that yeah. builds up
0: to its ending
2: and you have to be invested it, in there
3: I don't think it need like that it's needs to be di- like that it should be faster I just think like the, it is what it needs to be it's just like putting yeah. these movies against each other like you said is wild because they're just so different kind of films mm-hmm. um but I like it it feels like like a late 70s early 80s Satan movie like a yeah. legit and I love the The woman of the couple.
1: Oh, Mary Warren. Warren.
3: The way that she's like styled in this movie is like absurd. When she comes out at first, I remember my reaction was like, oh, my God. Cause she's a much older woman with black hair. And that's like a very harsh look (laughs) because it's absolutely unnatural. Like I'm a hairstylist. (laughs) Nobody does that. But I was like, my reaction was like, that looks so gaudy and ridiculous. That's going to be me. I love it. (laughs) Is Um, is this where that existential
2: dread came through? It's like, Oh, there's the (laughs) 10 years later,
1: (laughs) 2009.
2: (laughs) Um, I don't know what else. Well, and that's what we talked about a little bit It has a
3: great dance sequence, guys, like an epic,
2: classic
3: 80s, but not a cheesy one. No, it's... it's, a great one. mm
1: -hmm.
2: And that's what I identified with is that whole idea of, again, as the whole introvert, switch out her listening from one thing leads to another to me listening to a podcast and just exploring a house by yourself. I get that. So for me... That's one of those things I'm like, that's probably what I'd be doing at this. But I will say this. The only thing I think missing from it being a satanic film is old old people nudity. Like, that's the one thing we didn't have in this film.
0: <laughs> I wanted more old creepy people. You know what I'm saying? And we get I mean, well, we Tom we get, Noonan we, and Mary Warren off get creepiness, are, but I want a little bit more like maybe somebody leering in the window. <sighs> you know? Just, I don't know. Once
3: we get to the, all the Satan stuff, it is very creepy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the... It's, the like it, ritual, it goes next um.
2: level. You know what? I didn't like this last time I watched it was the the editing in and out of the little flashing, of the little weird demon kind of face thing. I, I don't like that to me kind of went totally against the way that everything had been set up initially. Just the way it was shot. Yeah, um, it was a little. Maybe it was supposed to be jarring though, but it did jar me. But yeah. it was just this last time I was like, you're in 2009. You know,
0: like oh yeah.
2: Not necessarily 1979, which is the feel of that. <laughs> now, it's one of those, I, I mentioned last time, it's becoming more comfort food, and I think a lot of it is because of how it looks, how it sounds, how it feels, getting up to the inevitable conclusion that still, in true 70s fashion with Satan films, very dour, yeah. technically the eclipse works, we still get a son of Satan, or whatever it is, Something. that is going to be birthed. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, we know it's not going to be good. But you know what? I'm glad we we're able to Set keep... Set
3: for a sequel. Where's that sequel baby of the devil
0: house of the devil too the second story
3: but now now that i know like the thought process behind making like a really low budget film that was clearly their plan like it was all mostly one girl in a locate like one place like Mm -hmm. you only needed those other actors for a couple of days (laughs) um that's really like how you plan to write something when you're trying to think of how to do something with no money um and he, but he nailed everything about that aesthetic. Even like the font of the title yeah. like, oh, is yeah. incredible, and the way it just stops out of nowhere, and it even has like the like copyright underneath yep. it, mm-hmm. like you did back then.
2: Again, again the, and he was he's making a specific kind of film, but and I think I we ripped even,
3: that title thing off, and people do that all the time. That, that yellow font, yeah, that classics like late seventies oh, yeah. haunted. <laughs> <laughs> fucking font.
2: It, it's unsettling when you see it. When you see a film that starts with that, you know something's going to happen. Something bad is going to happen. Something ill. Something yeah. old school and ill. Old school and Travis
3: ill. Travis Stevens' film that he just ma- directed, his first film. The producer who's like, he produced like fucking We Are Still Here, okay. Starry Eyes, a mm-hmm. mil- million films you've seen. He just directed his first film that played at South by Southwest Girl on the Third Floor, which is a very much like that title, like a 70s haunted mm-hmm. title. Yeah. And it. I noticed the font on the poster is that yellow... 70s. Ah, it, it looks
0: awesome. So we're going old school and ill.
2: Okay. So oh, it'll have passed by then, but hopefully people are getting to check that out. Yeah. it's
3: The reviews are saying it's like nasty and gooey and awesome. Like they're talking about <laughs> oozing liquids and it sounds very exciting. I'm
0: in. <laughs> I mean, old school, not a deal breaker. Not a deal breaker? Not a deal breaker. Not a deal breaker. <laughs> a deal breaker. So
2: we a lot of love to House of the Devil, but let's go ahead and give some more love here to a little Australian flick oh. Oh that i know like when i mentioned the loved ones. oh oh <laughs> yeah it is it's, it's so glittery oh my
0: god we should
1: have the song
3: ready to go
2: i almost i almost had crowns made for all of us to like oh you know god, put upon each crowns. other oh so the loved ones yeah jill your thoughts on this little nasty piece of australian filmmaking
3: I absolutely love The Loved Ones. It's like one of my favorite horror films of all time. Um, I don't have crazy ranked lists like people do, but it's in my top something. 10, 20, <laughs> I don't know. I can't commit to these things.
0: It's in your top something, and that's something. Uh,
3: very, yes, like very top, top. So I don't know what that means. Um, <laughs> clearly anyone that knows me should assume this is my favorite movie because it has serious texas chainsaw inspiration the dinner the whole dinner table Mm -hmm. thing is a fucking texas chainsaw massacre but like i feel like some cheesy dvd quote said something like texas chainsaw meets pretty and pink and i'm like that's a great description but it makes it sound so like cheesy and Mm -hmm. bad or something (laughs) That's correct, but
1: um, it's
0: correct but incorrect
3: because it's Sexist Chainsaw, but it's like beautiful, bright color, blue and pink everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I also love that it starts with like our protagonist going through like a horrible tragedy. Mm-hmm. So I like that setup. That's the descent is the same way. Like mm-hmm. take like your main character, then go through something horrific that's real life mm-hmm. horror like you know he spoilers yeah. um oh, it's the first 5 minutes matter. of the, yeah um he you know is he wrecks and in his dad dies in a wreck and it's his fault so he's pretty fucked up his mom yeah. is like clearly so lost she can't like be a mother at all which is understandable but she's like mentally lost mm-hmm. and so just to start with someone in that place someone to go through such horrors and then like have to find will is such a more exciting and inspiring story um for being such a like having like torture porn aspects to it it's like ultimately a very inspiring story like even like as far down as he was like ready to die like suicidal he still found Mm -hmm. his will to fight back um so that's a beautiful little story.
0: That you know? is actually. Well, he that, was
3: completely suicidal. Oh, yeah.
0: Um, I mean, he carried the, he carried his uh, grace blood. He cuts himself with around like, like a necklace, like dog tags.
3: And you like see the moment, like when he's tight, ty- like when he's like, I'm fucking out of this place. Mm-hmm. Like when he decides to flip and he's going to leave. Um but I did recently read a tiny little thing about this movie, and I didn't think about it as a critique of it. I should be fair. Like Lola, who's a fucking awesome villain and her family, very Texas Chainsaw again. They don't like you really don't get to know her other than like this light creepiness about. It's very like one dimensional. Mm-hmm. We don't know anything about her. Like that whole thing is a very we don't is a shallow sure. story. Sure. Um, because it's more, it's not really about her, but still, like, you can make more of your characters could all be more full. Um, it's more about him, um, but still, like, yeah, there's that. There's this weird creepy thing going on between dad and her. Oh, a, They've clearly, like, poisoned the mom, made her, like, a vegetable. I mean,
0: I, I think, to go against that, I, I think we got enough of the characters already. You know, we, yeah, they might be over the top and caricature of the family but that's all we need we know Lola's insane we know the dad's yeah. a creepy diddler we know the mom is lobotomized I mean like all this shit and I think that's what plays into it because we know that they're insane we don't really need to know like what really makes them tick we just need to know like <laughs> how are they gonna get stopped doing this horrendous shit I mean like hammering bowie knives into your foot and like you said it's 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 a torture scene and it's horrific but it's a lot more than that yeah and a lot of I think a lot of people focus on like oh it just looks like torture porn because it's got a girl in a pink dress drilling holes into people
3: and it was around the time of all that stuff for, mm-hmm. um but I liked all that stuff so what the fuck ever y'all um, <laughs> this one isn't just torture porn it's much no, smarter it's, than that yeah. but it is torturey and I like torture it has like right? a, it has it like a place for it in this movie Mhm. And um, a lot of it's very symbolic, like a woman drilling a dude's head. It was fucking awesome, (laughs) my thoughts. Side. The torture in this movie is intense. Well, and it's it's it's, it's, awesome. it's
2: not super gory though. And that's the thing. It's not torture for torture's sake. There's a means to an end with it. And again, it's through
3: it's him. It's definitely very graphic.
2: It's graphic. It is, but I mean not as opposed to I, I don't know. I, I guess the one to, It's
0: not hostile. Right. It's not saw. I mean, people's chests aren't being opened up. They're being sliced up and well, getting salt thrown in the All moon, the stuff he
2: goes through, it is they don't kind, go as
3: far as some of those, but right. I would put it it's just as gross as those movies.
2: Mm-hmm. But it's almost cartoonish <laughs> like, level, though, because all the stuff he goes oh, through, yeah. it's just, you have to go, okay, he's...
3: Yeah. Because I've heard a, criti- like a critique of it's not... Like, they play the emotion so realistic, yeah. especially in him. And then the fact that he, like, gets out of that, that's not believable. And I'm like... but Like, like the person was trying to say, like, all of it should have been over... Like, it wasn't oh. all over the top enough if you're gonna... Like, the tone wasn't... S- sure. I don't sure. agree with that. Sure. No, no, no. Um. This has happens in fucking horror movies, like people live through insane shit for re- revenge sake. And like, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. there's, we can't. There's no medical reason for it. Yes, everyone would die. S- be a movie hater, mm-hmm. you people. But it only comes. <laughs> I, in, I mean, don't agree with that. Bullshit. Well, and
2: it only comes in under like 90 minutes. So I mean, there is room right. left it's where so you could awesome. involve in it. But I will say this: what do I have oh, God, here the trauma episodes. that's involved not only is with him, but then. We talked about the last one, that whole little side adventure, yeah, the super bad adventure. But ultimately, that's the trauma, though. She lost her brother, and she's putting herself through all this stuff. And like I said, in some way, it's his whole side yeah. thing is it's he's the comic relief. But when you realize what she's going through, it's it's horrible. Mm-hmm. You realize that she's going through so much, and just again that it's little a really family interesting
3: story to weave in that I've. Heard people say, "Is it necessary?" But I'm like, "Do not realize that she's a, you know, her brother was a victim of this? It he is was, connected. It's not. He was the so guy at the beginning,
0: right? Right. Yeah. Yeah." Um, I like the levity in it and I think like it was needed It and I I you needed the yeah. levity after all this <laughs> over the top stuff and even Lola even some of the interaction between them and the family there's levity there's a part in there when he's climbing up the tree escaping and she's just having a great old time hitting throwing him throwing rocks him. she's treating it like it's a fucking oh my God, party game I thought he was
3: gonna get away one of <laughs> right? the times oh my God.
0: and but then she goes boom boom I cracked up because she was having a jolly old time and I was just laughing at her her insane is Lola steals this show She's incredibly She's good in this insanely good I'm telling you if a Veruca salt was a McCoyle <laughs> that's just the natural oh
3: progression my God. um I also want to point out that the soundtrack is amazing I love how it mm-hmm. starts off Am with a lonesome loser enough?
1: yeah like blaring and the
3: dad singing it it's so like perfect it actually like kind of says the theme of the song in the lyrics yeah but um did th- we didn't get it here in the United States till 2012. It released in 2009, but it didn't even release on DVD till 12 here. So I, I didn't hear about it. I think I heard about it maybe in 11 or 12, and I actually watched it illegally. I'm so embarrassed to admit this. But you couldn't get it anyway. Like, you couldn't buy it. I'm, I have no idea how a movie this good took that many years to release in this country, and it still only exists on DVD, I'm pretty sure. Like, there's no Blu ray. In the United States.
2: The reason I saw it was through Shudder. Shudder. Yeah. Again. Well, and it's weird. But this is a film that de- deserves a wider audience, I think. Because I think if you look compared it to House of the Devil, I think more people know House of the Devil. This was the first time I saw it. But I knew it, I think, partially because I think you had hyped it up before. Yeah. Uh, there was something, I think, and when we brought out The Crown, you may have even referenced it at one point or another. And so seeing it, it's like, oh, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. And it's one that, yeah. I, I'm
0: glad I saw it. Oh, this movie was it was funny and violent and it was it gave me the heebie-jeebies because like I, that was the deal breaker whenever like the <laughs> whole like incest did like dad diddling yeah <laughs> well and I didn't realize uh until
2: putting stuff together for this episode I you know this is the guy that gave us the devil's candy hell yeah which
3: that's why I was devil's so candy was
0: for rad. <laughs>
2: And that, so he's got a whole thing. You talked a little bit about like the trauma and fam. He definitely has a whole familial vibe that he's going through with his films. And
3: his music is like really a part of the movies. Like Mm -hmm. you can tell he's a huge music fan.
2: Yeah, I, I I like his work. Um it's but it's very personal and and I that's like I said. So seeing that he is did the devil's candy the next time I watch the loved ones, it's probably gonna even have a bigger impact there. Uh final thoughts here on the loved ones there before we start putting these things two together head to head.
3: Oh man.
2: Speak now or forever know. uh <laughs> No royal decree, I think, can uh pull this You're one back.
1: Right.
3: <laughs> I just think it's fucking great.
2: Again, (laughs) seek both of them out, but unfortunately only one can make it into the round of the Hateful Eight. So here in the round of Scream 16, we have two criteria that we look at when it comes to seeing which film goes forward. Uh, The first one we ask is which of the two films are closer to to your heart
0: closer to the heart
2: not bad <laughs>
0: getting get there getting there oh and
2: then the second one we ask uh, we look at is we ask if you took one of the films away which one would leave the year poor so we have the loved ones mm. going against mm. against house of the devil so we're going to start this healer. Oh, jill snap. which one is closer to your heart
3: the loved ones
2: <laughs> and i i, I I'd almost say why, but I think we know why. You know, that's... It's
3: like Chainsaw, it's so beautiful. The acting is incredible. Sadly, that's not very, co- like, 100% all the time in horror movies.
0: <laughs> well, yeah.
3: Weirdly enough, that main guy is in one of the Twilight movies. I don't know any other movie he's been oh, in. Wow. But he really? looks like unrecognizable as one of those weird vampires. Yeah, movies. when you
2: have that layer of sparkle on you, no one
0: recognizes you, sadly. <laughs> Dad reminded me of Shartlook Copley. I can see that. I can like, see that. Yeah.
2: Again, the dangers of the outback there. So, Genius McGee, which of the two loved ones
0: or House of the Devil, which one's closer to your heart? I thoroughly enjoy the loved ones. I mean, like, I, I, I respect House of the Devil for what it was. When I saw it, I was like, you know what? This is a really great-looking film, but I didn't have as much fun and merriment. I mean, I want to see House of the Devil again, but I want to see the loved ones again because it was just a good movie. That makes sense. That makes sense.
2: And ultimately for me, I've said it before, but House of the Devil's kind of comfort food more, for me, and I think a lot of it comes down to the aesthetics and just finding myself, the rare time when I might be in a horror scenario <laughs> by myself <laughs> in a house. Oh, that's not uncommon. So right. just in none of that self, I've got to go with House of the Devil. Now, the even bigger question then is ultimately, if you took one of these two films away, which one would leave 2009 poor? And that, that one's difficult with these two films, because yeah. again, which... One thing might lead to another or it might not. So, Jill, which of the two films, if you took one away, which one would leave 2009 poorer?
3: Well, I'm going to say The Loved Ones again, but I have a real reason here. It's not just because it's my favorite movie.
4: Show your work.
3: Um, I think it's because this movie represents that time more, and especially with all the torture. Mm-hmm. But it's... And then House of the Devil to me, makes, like I said, feels like it is a film from the time it's trying mm-hmm. to emulate. So it doesn't feel like it makes 2009 poor, it makes 1981 poorer. or maybe if we take it
0: away. <laughs> that is perfect. Genius. So you have a movie <laughs> that... I,
3: like this. I don't know, it was just very... I like
0: nothing. I'm going to stop talking. No, no, that's funny. <laughs> like, like, oh, he, he was so serious, and then I ruined out. it for you. No, no, no. That's it. <laughs> he,
2: he did transition <laughs> to NPR genius.
0: <laughs> coming up next, we're talking about The House of the Devil. <laughs> no, if you take... You have a very good example of what a throwback movie is versus a good example of what an independent movie can be, what a horror movie can be. You know what I'm saying? So I think... And, and unfortunately... If you took either one away because nobody saw them, you, nobody they wouldn't really be missed. You know what I mean? I hate to sound that be terrible, but I mean, ugh, you know? Um, but I I I think I think I'm gonna say loved ones. Loved ones on, because if you took away House of the Devil, you would still have that whole 80s school AIDS nostalgia. You'd have that grindhouse feel, you'd have people doing that again. But I think we got something very cool, something very special with Lola. That's, I don't, you can't count on your hand how many, like, effective, like, get-in-your-head-killer-female are out there. And I think Lola's a good representation of one because she's scary as shit, you know?
3: <laughs> Hell yeah. We so, need more Lola's so, out there.
0: <laughs> and so, like, I think for that reason, we need more Lola's? no. Oh, oh, no. Would
3: you like to go to the dance with me? Right. Am I not pretty
1: enough?
0: But So, yeah, that's for that one. <laughs> this is tough
2: because for me, I look at, since both of them are kind of feature film debuts at this point, which one led to the more pres- not prestigious career, but what led to the more important films? And as a heavy metal fan, you know, Devil's Candy kind of ticked off all the good heavy metal horror bits. Um, I think it definitely adds a little deep. Now, don't get me wrong, I like The Innkeepers. I like um, the I have I need to see Ty West's Western film, but I am actually going to go ahead and say for me, uh, without the loved ones, we're not getting the Devil's Candy, and I need me some Devil's Candy. Oh and yeah! By a count of one, two, three, four, five to one, uh, take the last dance into the round of the hateful eight here. The Crikey. loved ones moving Woo! on. Very nice, very nice. Now there was also no. just want to
3: shout out Devil's Candy. Is worth watching alone yeah. oh. for Ethan Embry shirtless half the time.
0: Swole, man, cause going <laughs> from a schooner to a sailboat. Oh no, that's Woo! Ethan. That's Ethan Soupley. My bad. <laughs> yeah, he's uh no, he was in Can't Major Hardly Crush.
2: Wait. That's right. And also and Empire, Empire Records. Records. Yep. Rex Manning Day. Now, <laughs> <laughs> from two totally different films again two totally different <laughs> films
3: oh my god yeah these uh, are they always feel like they're both fun films like
0: sure both of these get the like feeling yeah it's you're gonna have a good time at both of these movies but one's more for chuckles <laughs> and that one for chuckles is Ruben fleischer's *Zombieland*
2: going up against marcus nispel's friday the 13th remake
1: oh, this is...
2: <clears throat> jill which one do we talk about Shit. first
3: I don't even know. <laughs> Why do I have to pick. Well, guest. Guest first, course,
2: of course. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, Zombieland. All
0: Let's do right, Zombieland. Let's do Zombieland. Double tap.
2: Got to follow the rules. Getting a sequel later this year.
1: Jill? Oh shit! I forgot about that. I know. And they
3: redid the poster just to say, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of
1: course, uh, going for that sense of nostalgia. I did not
3: rewatch it recently so here we go Let's see if i remember the movie no i've seen it a few times at least i don't know how many times so that means i like it if i'll watch anything more than once is a, is a miracle this um is true. i have to start talking um, did you see this in the theater i don't remember i have a memory issues.
0: ultimate question how do you
2: how do you feel about horror comedies
3: I'm really not a huge fan. Okay, so I'm not a huge fan of horror comedies, nor am I like a self-proclaimed zombie fanatic. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) So what's weird is something like this, I'd normally be like, oh, like roll my eyes about it. But I liked it a lot. Um, In fact, this, yeah. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs>
0: do you have a favorite character from the um, movie?
3: Do I have a favorite character? I don't know. That would be, I, I pr- think definitely they, Woody Harrelson. I love Woody Harrelson, period. He's amazing. Um, my favorite moment is probably the Bill Murray moments, probably everybody's. Uh,
2: if you could be a rap snack flavor, what flavor would you be?
3: Throw me off the No, only here. because
2: they were all about a journey, about finding You're what? you right, finding, no, finding a Twinkie. That would
3: be finding rap snacks for And me. a
2: zombie apocalypse, when it comes down to it, oh, we know man. you would be seek- seeking
0: you those out. Those. So like, <laughs> rap snacks! is a killing machine.
3: Finding the last bag.
0: We zombie to go killer to of the week. What yeah. would be
2: the GGP s- snack flavor, or how far would you go for a rap snack in a zombie apocalypse? That's the true question. I
3: would... I'd probably be just like Woody Harrelson for that second Twinkie. And it would be out of ones that exist. The Migos fucking <laughs> sour cream with a dab of ranch. Okay. okay? Right.
0: That's the Holy Grail. That's my Holy Grail right now. But it's interesting that you said that you, even though you don't like zombie movies that much and you're not a fan of the, the comedies, you've still seen Zombieland multiple times. Now, was this like happenstance or were you like, I'm going to watch Zombieland?
3: No, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I it also doesn't make any sense that I wouldn't love zombie movies especially growing up I think maybe I just didn't see any for a while because mm-hmm. I loved like gory stuff more than anything at first so slashers were my first like love mm-hmm. and I guess I naively thought that all zombie movies were like the same thing yeah. um it's not fair but a lot of them are very zombie. I don't know, so when a zombie movie can impress me I'm like, it might take me a long time to watch one And I'm like, oh man, it really was good
0: Have you seen Shaun of the Dead? Because I got to follow up I did see Shaun of the Dead What did you think of Shaun of the Dead? I liked it Do you think calling Zombieland Because this is what everybody says on all the posters That it's an American Shaun of the Dead Do you think that's fair? No No?
3: This is a movie that's like a real movie with zombies in it It's not a movie that's mocking zombie movies Mm -hmm. Like Shaun of the Dead is
0: Yeah, no, I think that's right. I think it's also the comedy is in Shaun of the Dead. It's very British comedy. But I think in this one it's very like American comedy because you got you get way more violent. You get and he goes, "God, I love rednecks!" And he like has the guns and it's very. I think <laughs> it's in a very American yeah. comedy sensibilities. So I think you're right, calling it it's two totally different animals. That makes sense. That makes so, sense.
2: But I think it's it, more to the point. There's definitely an oversaturation of zombie films mm-hmm. because I think for a lot of people it is easier to make for the most part. Usually have isolated locations. Yeah. It's cheaper to shoot, so it's you're gonna flood the market. But there are the ones yeah. that, uh, I, One Cut of the Dead, recent um, addition to the zombie yeah. lore, yeah. that uh, was like amazing. Or like Train to Busan, which oh, is yeah.
3: amazing. God, it's because the difference is, no matter what fucking movie you're making, like at the ho- core of it, there has to be a movie about a character that you like give a shit about. Yeah. <laughs> like, like there has to be like a little bit of heart in your movie somewhere. Yeah. And this movie has that too, mm-hmm. which is why it works. And
2: why it's getting a sequel here later
0: this year, 10 years later at this point. Well, you said it had a heart. There's a scene in Zombieland that like, I don't well up, but like, I'm like, ooh, that hurts. When he's talking about how like zombies ate his dog and like they show him like, let me tell you about my best friend. and They show him about the dog. but Then you realize it's actually was his son. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, oh oh you know so like yeah you said that you you care about these people you care about um jesse eisenberg's quest for love you care about woody harrelson getting that last twinkie you know and i think that's what makes it fun and perilous and you really root for these characters no matter on their whatever silly shenanigans
2: so needless to say you're going to be first in line for the sequel oh absolutely i can't wait I'm I will I will definitely seek it out in theater. I'm going in with lower expectations. Oh yeah, my rewatch. A sequel. My rewatch made me appreciate the film a little bit more. But it's not one I go out out of my way to watch. For if I do, I'm going to watch Shaun of the Dead. Mm-hmm. I'll watch Train to Busan. I enjoy it, but it's again, it's a like that one there. Um, yeah, it's just you know, it's a like, it's a like, it's a like, but. Again, I'm not going to turn it off if it comes on. I fucking love Zombieland. And, like I said on the last
0: Zombieland, I love Zombieland.
2: No, again, and this is we're all about embracing mm-hmm. the love here in the Into the Mouth of March Madness tournament. But let's go ahead.
3: I know. I wish I could have rewatched it, honestly.
2: Uh, you know what? If anything, just go out. You know, rewatch it. Tweet out a a little Rap Snack remix. A re- there it is. <laughs> Boom. A rap Snack remix on oh Zombieland. Gosh. We compare it with the Twinkie with something along those lines. But going into more your uh, camp I guess we should say here uh, the Friday the 13th remake um, you know I know the, the Friday the 13th franchise always has a kind of a lasting impression on you um, your thoughts on the remake um, let me ask you this <laughs> since you came into the horror uh, that's a, what are your thoughts what are your thoughts
3: Um, well, where do I begin um, what's weird is I own this movie I don't love it I think I, I have it because it was I bought it when I still I'm not a collector, and that's weird for horror fans. <laughs> I can't afford to be, oh, yeah, so I'm glad. But I bought this one just because I'm sure I needed it, like have every Friday the Thirteenth movie. And I definitely grew up like definitely on Friday the Thirteenth, huge fan. They're very like such light movies. They're so silly. They don't. There's not much to them. They're just fun, and people get killed. They're more like comedies, but we don't call them comedies. Sure, but they really are like most slashers are comedies. They're not. They're, like, set up to be, like, like they're, like, punchlines every kill. Um, I do, what I do like about this one is I like the, like, the first chunk, that, like, first whole cast you basically see you think is going to be the movie and they all, like, get killed in 50, 20 minutes or something. That it's longer than film. I thought because I rewatched it. I'm like, they're still, no one's dead yet. What's happening? <laughs> um, they, yeah, I think that's a lot of fun kill off a whole fucking six, seven people. But uh something about this remake, I know a lot of people really like it. I don't know why. Um (laughs) I think like the kills are really interesting. Like or the kills are super fun. Like they're gory and creative, but I like I don't like any of the characters. They're like all so annoying. I maybe that's part of the idea of Slash. Like that's how they kind of were in the eighties. but you should at least like the main guy going to find his sister. I just think that the whole thing is so annoying. I'm just like, I don't give a shit about you and your sister. <laughs> like, I don't know what it is. The story just didn't work for me. Like I don't buy, like the heart of it doesn't work somehow for me. Um, So I just get like so bored with it.
0: Uh-huh. That's cold blooded. Like I didn't give Man. a shit about that dude and his sister. Fuck him. But
3: it's seriously, like the like, I story's think bad. I think it's because the acting isn't great. Like I just don't buy into the story. So like as far as like just like a surface level um slasher it can be okay. But I'm not a fan.
1: Hmm. I think straight I straight
3: hating have, on it.
0: Straight hating on it. No more ratsnet. Hey 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 hey. No, I I think I think you might have said something though. Like on a surface for a surface slasher, it's oh, it's good. But if you try and dig deeper, and I think that's where people, I think people were are looking for more in. A Friday the Thirteenth movie, but
3: that guy with his sister—that story should be at least be okay. <laughs> I'm just saying. I like,
0: I liked but, it as like a foil because
3: uh, it, it made that so like bad. Chad,
0: like Chad Sexington guy. Kind of you want to belong
3: in the 80s. Like leave them in the 80s. They mm. don't need to be re- made anymore. Thank you, We already Jill. have millions of these kinds okay, of movies. Okay, can you
2: g- give me a fist bump? Because like, yeah, like thank you. the
3: movies are just like dumb and have like nothing to say, and the characters are all dumb. Like we already have enough of those.
0: But sometimes you want new dumb. Sometimes you want more <laughs> new dumb. I mean, you're I you've done though. you've done. I do. You're done with the old dumb. You've seen the old dumb a million <laughs> a times. Lot of those. You want a new dumb.
3: <laughs> that are made, they're made like hor- po- really poorly made films that are dumb like that. But when you have that much money, make something that's smarter <laughs>
0: I I I I I humbly disagree. I don't think everything has to have substance. Everything has to have meat. Sometimes you need, like, sometimes you may your body may require a full course meal where you sit down, but sometimes you want wrap snacks. You know but what it's I'm weird, saying? Like
3: something as simple as like Texas Chainsaw, which that doesn't feel like as dumb. And I don't know anything about those characters. It just this one has a level of like glossy cheesiness. It's it, very two thousand nine of it. It, like, it
2: feels like a very it's and it's the, the Michael actors,
3: Bay layer of CW-esque. the remake. Yeah, yeah it's just right. Like the, I'm,
1: I will agree the, with that. Yeah,
3: the look of them and that's what it. And yeah, I, 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 listen. No, it, I had that Friday the Thirteenth <laughs> documentary on and I fell asleep and woke up and it was still on and that's like twenty hours long on like, on Shutter.
2: Yeah, I've watched yeah. it like eight times, um, sadly. <laughs>
3: But they're talking about those when the remake started. I think like maybe they said Texas Chainsaw was the first one, and then Friday was the second one. Um, And it was all yeah, Michael Bay's like starting of that crap. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's weird. Like I don't think you're right. Like I'm extra hating on it, (laughs) but I, I don't think it's like a bad. Like it's. I understand why people enjoy it, but it's just so
2: silly. It's just. I don't know. No, I agree with you on the whole <laughs> that these eighties franchises. I don't I've I think I've mentioned multiple times. I just don't think they, they need to exist now because that was they were perfect for that time.
0: Yeah. But see then i but yeah. then I'm gonna throw it back at you. Look at House of the Devil, like another eighties throwback. Yep. Did we need that? I mean No. And that's that's so like we, but
3: that's not the same thing at all though. This is just like silly and cheesy and like playing into all the tropes of it it's not like artistically like the 80s like there's nothing that film is actually like a well-made film this is just like blood and guts and boobs we again, that,
1: again,
0: like. again, again. Not a deal breaker. Again, I mean, sometimes <laughs> so I've had. Like I'm tired more... of old dumb. I want new dumb. But like, what I are mean... some more recent slashers? Because I
3: do like slashers.
0: It's not because yeah. I don't like. Oh, no. Them. no, 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 it, no. And
3: I don't not like just like gory stuff.
2: Did you Did you check out Hush by uh, Flanagan?
3: That I, count. not
0: count like i didn't i didn't like it man okay. that okay. that's goofy okay <laughs> i was i was curious goofy. that's technically a new slasher yeah but it's not new dumb it's it's i mean it's new dumb brands. but it's not the kind of dumb that i want it's would not
2: that, be like um the barn would I that be new like, dumb i like yes. i like barn i barn feel is like new i dumb. am
3: like i've become an old person because i do honestly <laughs> think like that kind of stuff should be made like is for a certain like age range like my age like that's this kind of shit is ridiculous (laughs) like half the time like if you're still making that and you're like a 50 year old dude you got fucking
0: problems (laughs) like grow the fuck up but then what are all the 15 year old dudes who don't have it before (laughs) you should make those movies
3: when you're that age even like me like i've read scripts of slashers and been like man i just realized like i don't have the passion to like make something like this like i would have say if i was 20 years old i'd be like this is awesome Mm -hmm. but i'm like so yeah, nope. I've I, definitely grown a little bit out of that kind of stuff. Like, I right. could like, like certain things. I'm like, if I would have saw this for the first time when I was 16, it I would have loved it.
2: Yeah, and I think that ties into why we ask which ones are closer to the heart, because again, we want to we want to in, in stress the enjoyment. Yeah. of all these, <laughs> but at the same time, realizing, yeah, that's the beauty no, of I mean, horror. Mm-hmm. We understand when people don't dig on the films. Listen, let's, that's why right now are like the people who are man. Like
3: it's almost like I wish they would civil debate put less effort with Friday the 13th
0: into the
3: fucking storyline with the sister bullshit.
2: Instead i can't, I can't stop
1: talking
3: about that part so i'm like just kill people like i'm not buying into this story.
0: i didn't expect rachel mcadams to get it or the rachel McMickAdams. oh okay. so like daniel rachel mcadams daniel Pat- yeah daniel panamek <laughs> yeah she gave me that rachel mcadams as feel, opposed to jared padalecki
2: there's too many yeah Ps. there's been too many peas a lot of peas in there
0: but i liked it i thought it was mean i thought it was scary i thought it was fun it was what you i know, wanted like- it was what i wanted a slasher
3: I hear. Okay. But so like they make every character like an it, you know, like, like a trope idiot. Like it's still, that's why it's so like, you can still make a slasher movie. They can all get killed. We can see boobs. Everyone have sex, but they don't like, they can be real characters still. Right. Like these are like, you know, the one guy was a dumb dude talking about her tits. Like, it's just like, they're just so like tropes of people. They're not real people. But
0: it was meta without being meta. You know what I'm saying? It's almost
3: like they were making fun of the movie versus making meta without
0: being meta i mean like that's and
3: my that's that's the problem
2: again <laughs> time and place so let's go ahead and figure out the time and place <laughs> for zombie land and friday the 13th only one can go forward into the round of the hateful eight so we have two bits of criteria here and we're gonna start here <laughs> jill
3: never would have thought i'm picking a zombie horror comedy over oh, for, a slasher movie. oh
2: so closer to the heart zombie land oh my goodness Zombieland. land we, uh, we might have some... losing s-
1: it. <laughs> the
2: credibility is going out the door. All the Jason heads are freaking
0: out right now. So, Genius, which of the two Dude, closer to your heart? I got to go Zombie Land. I remember I won. I got tickets. I got tickets to go see it in the theater and advance screening, and I was so excited. It was me and Mount Baldy, and they gave us posters, and they're like... Don't say anything about the fucking movie. And then, like, <laughs> and then like, give me your phones. and am like, all right, cool. So I remember it vividly. And I was like, this movie is great. And so, like, yeah, Zombieland all the way. All the way. That totally works. And because I saw Zombieland in
2: the theater based on that alone and the fact that I will see the sequel, I'm going to go ahead and go with Zombieland as well. Now, that being said, this gets a little bit more interesting. Of the two, Zombieland and Friday the 13th. If you took one away, which one would leave a 2009 poorer? Jill, let us go ahead and start with you.
3: I mean, this is a weird question for this one. It is a little um, weird with these two. I'm going to go zombie land again just cuz I'm, you know, from the player haters club. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, 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 Jason,
0: hey, hey. that mask looks. wasn't made out of a fucking, 100% like, rat ass. Jason comes out with a pimp probe. Go, the next motherfucker to talk shit about me, I'm going to shoot Where that he motherfucker. Where does find that
3: fucking mask in a antique mall or something stupid? Or Up a in garage? a barn.
0: In the barn. <laughs> the top of the barn.
3: Hey, antique hey, malls hey, are hey,
0: bars okay no they're not i've never been i never milked a cow at the Bratz armadillo <laughs> you're missing out okay. <laughs> i gotta go in the back room behind the beaded curtains at <laughs> the Bratz armadillo that's fucked up <laughs> they got everybody Jason's talking like layer in
3: this movie
2: clearly i don't remember
3: anything.
0: Oh, Lord.
3: No. I do like Derek Mears. I'm sorry, Derek, oh. to be hating on your movie. Oh, no. Don't Derek Mears is dope.
2: He's wonderful in it. He's wonderful, but ultimately. This, Derek. I have to, you know, <laughs> let's agree. So, Genius McGee, which of the two leaves 2009 poor?
0: Um, There's been a lot of remakes and slashers, you know, like a lot of like Silent Night, Deadly Night. Uh, there's been uh, Black Christmas. You know, but I think they did a good job with the remake Uh, and taking away. You're taking away a very good remake. A lot of uh, like, you know, what we talk about all the time, that comfort food esque. But I think if you take away Zombieland, you take away something very, very cool, very like a very fun movie that you can show for everybody. And just it has a little bit more staying power than a remake. So I think once again, something remake versus something kind of new, even though by then we've had millions of ZOMCOMs, you know, (laughs) (laughs) Zomcom. I got to go with Zombieland. And let's face it. If you got rid of a Friday
2: the 13th remake, you still have Friday Friday the 13th. Oh my God. You have all of them. (laughs) And you still then have the other platinum doom remakes, but with Zombieland, you do take away something that is, it's not necessarily for everyone, but it's transitional horror. It's a good horror comedy. You know, you can't go wrong with Bill Murray. So I guess I'm going to also go ahead and say it was definitely important to 2009. So, man, this is a clean, man, clean, it wasn't even a sweep. It's a clean bite uh, that Zombieland (laughs) took out of uh, the Friday the 13th remake and moving forward into the round of the Hateful Eight, Zombieland, which you have to be excited for. I'm
0: so stoked because Zombieland.
3: I can't believe you guys are going to be debating Zombieland against loved ones.
2: Zombieland. we'll we will see potentially where that discussion takes us but oh my gosh but it was thanks to you that it led to that there jill so thank thank you for taking the time to talk with us again on that and obviously this episode will release in the end of march we're gonna have the one last meal to look forward to um again where can our listeners find you out on the social medias
3: at jill six or at six tape and six tape.com
0: and wherever rap snacks are sold. <laughs> That's right. Oh my God. <laughs>
2: so here into the uh, as we go from the round of Scream 16 to the round of Hateful Eight, we are going to continue to keep it local and stay in the Kansas City area. We're going to be talking with uh, Tyler Unsell from the Horror Pod class, and we're going to delve deep into both The Loved Ones and Zombieland. We'll be back.
1: Am I not pretty
4: enough? Is my heart too broken?
1: Do I cry too much? Am I too outspoken? Don't I make you laugh? Should I try it harder? Why do you see?
2: All right, gang. We are back and as we go from the round of the Scream 16 to the round of the Hateful 8, let us go ahead and again thank Jill Gvargazian
0: putting down some rap snacks in your honor.
2: And let us say goodbye, farewell, adios and adieu to both House of the Devil and the Friday the 13th remake. Yes. They put up a good fight. They did. And again, any other day,
0: I know anything could change.
2: We might be talking about them today, but we're not talking about them. No, we're talking about two other films. Yes. And to help us talk these films again, with our credo of staying local here this year, uh, we wanted to make sure and bring in someone obviously that we have high respect for. Oh, so, <laughs> first well, mistake. <laughs> well, well, we couldn't find them, so we said we. No, Fair kidding. enough. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> you can hear our ah! next guest. He is the co-host of the horror pod class. Also, is the host of one of your will, will be definitely your new favorite trivia
4: night. Uh, please welcome to Nightmare Junkhead for the first time Mr. Tyler Unsell Hey you guys, thanks so much for having me I'm uh, super stoked to talk some horror movies and, and narrow down which ones we like
2: And we kid because we love that's 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 one of those hey, things. We always got to make my, sure
4: my day job is a teacher. So trust me, you can't give me any more than I uh, get from the kids <laughs> on a regular basis. So <laughs>
2: so before we get into the madness official, please tell our listeners where can they find you out on the social media? Yeah. Plug and promote away.
4: That's great. Uh, you can find me at at Ty Unsel. That's my regular Twitter handle. But uh, we do all of our writing under the Twitter handle at Signal Horizon. On Facebook, we're at Signal Horizon, and we have a great um, group for our podcast, the Horror Podcast, on Facebook as well. So check us out there and uh, contribute to what we hope is an intellectual conversation about uh, whatever horror movie we're talking about that week.
2: Well, I uh, normally will go into the horror origin, but I wanted this is the good segue into the podcast itself sure. because I am a listener. Oh, um, it's gone into my regular rotation. Um, a lot of it always for me it comes down to like chemistry between the host. Yeah genuine passion and knowledge and the horror pod class it's ranks up there for me with like faculty of horror
4: oh well
2: bringing that nice academic approach to the podcast so how did the horror pod class come together
4: yeah that's great first off i appreciate the comparison but we're nowhere i mean they do such an amazing job with with you know whatever movie they're talking about but uh you know mike and i uh, both were teachers we've been friends forever and ever And uh, we started Signal Horizon to hopefully engage other teachers in in teaching more genre film and literature in their classroom. And the podcast kind of grew organically out of that. You know, we we talked to a number of other teachers that were like, you know, can you recommend a a gothic horror movie that's recent that the kids might uh, connect with that we could show, uh, you know, a little maybe a clip or two or whatever. And so we figured the easiest way to meet kids where they were at. Was on a podcast and, and to try to connect that way. So uh, the Horror Podcast has been around about a year and a half now. And, and you know, we, we bring weekly episodes and are, are super stoked to do it.
2: And uh, just even though we were talking off mic, your uh, episode this week features a film that just. <laughs> just uh, <how> <laughs> we- <laughs> <laughs> see our previous issue uh, episode did we actually do an episode on it comes at night
0: I, if we did it was just nothing but me yelling about it yeah. like <laughs> just spewing it is it venom is,
4: it's not for everyone uh it's a it's a god dang downer man like there there's I think it has a lot of really interesting things to say, and, and we kind of pulled apart some of that, mm-hmm. but it's like, Jesus Christ, I like went and held my kids afterwards, and they're <laughs> like, what's going on with you? I'm like, nothing, just, <laughs> nothing, just give dad a hug. Uh, I'm sorry I'm crying on you. <laughs> to me, though, that's a good effect of horror, yeah. and it, of course it's going to reach everyone a little bit
2: differently, And right. but honestly, the visceral reaction you had both times you saw it, Jesus yeah.
0: was very entertaining. Just anger just pure anger i didn't think i could get like physically angry at a movie until it comes at night and yeah
4: so uh, i'm curious and we talked a little bit uh, about this before uh you mentioned that you think they all behave uh stupidly right like i'm totally down for that conversation what uh like, what, what do you think uh, was stupid in the way they would react? Because I don't know. As a dad, I might board my shit up and, like, grab my gun and and not let somebody break into the house. Here's the thing. My main
0: thing. And first of all, it's going to be a little bit hard for me to remember all what happened That's because funny. I hasn't been in a while. And then I try to block that fucking shit out of my <laughs> mind like bleach. Right. But my main beef was nothing fucking happened. Nothing fucking happened. It raised all these questions, gave all these like red herrings, gave all this shit. The trailer was masterful. Yeah. Masterful trailer. trailer. Suspense, taut, Mm -hmm. scary. But when finally put in application, all that tension and scare just fizzles because you're like, okay, here comes something monstrous or maybe we're going to get some explanation or we're going to get some sort of action aside from people being fucking sad. (laughs) There were a lot and of it sad, never fucking had it. You, yeah, it's a sad movie, not a horror movie. It's, it's a goddamn Hallmark movie that they show at Halloween little, because it's nothing fucking happens. Bringing
1: up That's big what guns. happens.
4: There was, oh. there was no snow. There were no carolers. It was not a Hallmark movie. I didn't movie. say a
1: Hallmark
0: <laughs> Christmas movie. I said a Hallmark movie. You could put Falcon, Val, Valerie Bertnerney in it and it would be just the same. Something needed I would to, to fucking that. happen. I would, it would probably be a better movie if you ask me. <laughs> probably be significantly better you are very passionate about this subject <laughs>
2: genius is a passionate man and when I love like that, what I like I it, it.
0: fuck everything else
2: <laughs> well taking it back to the horror pod class
0: yeah. uh, one of the yeah. things first that of I... all thanks for slumming <laughs> it on our like dick and fart show you yeah. guys are talking about how no. a, you take an academic spin and all that and I'm here fuck that movie with a stick yeah. so like nope. Yeah, thanks for slumming it <laughs> no not at all I just hope next week you're not like fuck that podcast that <laughs> terrible I'm nothing gonna... ever happens on that podcast see yeah. that's why they never invited me to be on this show like well if you take the Fuck that movie (laughs) with the stick. (laughs)
4: <laughs> I love that. I think that's an interesting comparison. There's another it's, wrap of that. Hey,
0: we,
2: we are all about bringing people together when we can, you know, podcast unity. Uh, but Ooh. I, what I really dig, though, is the fact that you almost do kind of like a literature review with showing your work. Yeah. And quite honestly, that's what the whole Into the Mouth of March Madness tournament yes, is all absolutely. about, showing the work. That's great. So I really dig that. And oh, I, cool. I think it adds an element that you don't get with a lot of other podcasts. Yeah. Uh, again, looking into the, the reading list. And you guys are pr- all about promoting literature and yeah. literacy. But I guess as educators that should. Come. Right. Yeah. The, Ideally,
4: the whole first part of the episode, we try to touch on especially genre literature that may not necessarily get the kind of uh, the larger publicity that like Stephen King or, you know, right. that kind of group mm-hmm. gets. And there is such a vibrant and really cool uh, literature market out there. That I, I think a lot of people don't know about. So there is a world beyond, uh, you know, Stephen King and Dean Koontz and you know whoever that is that you know you read, which are all great. We just hope to expose some people to, you know, some different stuff too. Yeah.
2: Well, and even uh, within the world of books, you know, there are a number of podcasts out there that focus all entirely on that. Um, give a shout out to a friend of the podcast, Oren Gray. Yeah. Friend of both podcasts, technically. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, another local writer here, obviously, our whole credo of staying local. Um, yeah. We will have him on eventually. Oren, I promise you this. Um, but one of the, uh, the questions we always ask any first time guest is what is. Your horror origin. Yeah. What got you into horror? Was it a movie, a book, a moment? But what made you realize, I can kind of dig on this? Yeah.
4: Uh, So that's really easy question for me because I have an older sister who's eight years older than I was. So when she would (laughs) babysit me. Uh, we would go to, you know, Blockbuster, right? So the younger audience has no clue what What's we're a talking blockbuster? about, right? Yeah.
0: Netflix, the store. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
4: <laughs> Bingo, right? So she would go and like buy a comedy, right? Uh, like The Money Pit, okay? And then she would put that on top of whatever awful, scary movie that we would really be watching that night. She would rent those and then show mom and then they would go off to dinner and, uh, you know, they would play whatever. So uh, we watched Invasion of the Body Snatchers. This is one of the first ones we watched. And uh, afterwards, I went to do whatever, and Tracy covered herself in Elmer's glue, like layers of Elmer's glue, and then called my name, right? And I was like eight or nine or whatever it was. And uh, she was like, Tyler, I don't feel good, right? And then like started sloughing off like layers of Elmer's glue. Oh my God. <laughs> and I oh spent my like God. the rest of the night under like the dining room table. And they're like, you stop messing with me. I was going to say, did she go, hey,
0: Tyler? Woo!
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, there was lots oh. of that. Yeah, so
4: it was bad enough she had to tell me uh, the jig was up, you know, or whatever. So, I got indoctrinated early, and I, you know, I, I realized it was a great way to, you know, uh, connect maybe with with her as I grew older. But uh, I don't know, nothing can can scare me as bad as that night, you know. So bring it. I, I, I'm I'm always looking for that that new thing.
0: Were you Veronica Cartwright? Were you the professional? Were you like. What? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly.
4: That's a hell of a
2: movie to kind of ease into, though, oh, for your first one. I mean, because yeah. it's
0: cla- that's one
2: that's a that's fiddling. classy.
0: That's yeah. classy horror.
2: Oh, we talked yeah. about that. Banjo
0: dog comes in. Ding, 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 ding,
2: Another thing that yeah, we we actually that was one of our films from last year's Into mm-hmm. the Mouth of March Madness. Oh, okay, was, great. Uh, yeah, from seventy uh, eight, and right? it's one that just it's oh, it's, it's really good. It's, so good. it's really
1: good.
4: Yeah, we covered it on the the horror podcast too. And I, I mean, of all of those movies in that that you know the, the kind kind of body snatcher universe or mm-hmm. whatever, yeah. like the 78 version is the cat's pajamas. Like, I, nothing gets better in that. I, I yeah. I would
2: agree. Even going against, like, a, didn't Abel Farrar do a version of it?
0: Invasion of the ball it snatchers. Was, <laughs> <laughs> that
2: sounds another, terrifying. Another shout out to Movie <laughs> Crypt there. Uh, but, um... So we talked a little bit about into the mouth of March Madness. Here we are in the year of two thousand and nine. So let's go ahead and get into two films here that have battled, clawed, stabbed, done everything they could, bitten, I guess you could say, yeah, to make it here to the yeah drilled uh, to the round of the hateful eight, but only one can go to the round of the frightful four. We have two great films. We're going to debate them down here. So. Guess first, which one shall we talk about? Loved ones or Zombieland?
4: Uh, let's start with the loved ones. You know, uh, you gave that one uh, to me first, just in the list. So uh, let's let's start with that one. So
2: what was your initial experience with this film?
4: Uh, I caught it, I think, on Shudder, maybe. Yeah. It was something uh, like a year and a half ago, a couple of years ago. Uh, it was like somebody's top ten lists of uh movies that were dealing with, uh, like outback culture or like the rural urban divide. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, uh, I think it might've been in preparation for, you know, something I was doing with Mike or whatever. And I checked it out. Uh, I, and I, I loved it, you know, like it, it was different because I think there's uh Australian horror sometimes, has a particular aesthetic and uh, I, I didn't necessarily get that. Some of that bleeds over into it, but uh, I, it was so different than what I was expecting. I absolutely loved all of the performances. It, it felt gritty in the right way, uh, but polished enough that it, you know, was its own distinct thing. And I mean, it is just unbearably brutal, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, I think it was one of those movies. I have a 12 year old at home. Uh, and sometimes we watch stuff And sometimes we don't I try to monitor a little bit Right But I didn't really know What I was getting into And so he's kind of Sitting next to me Like probably playing on his phone And he looks up uh, I think maybe at the 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 Drano into the oh god, and, yeah. and he's like uh, and I'm like uh, maybe gonna go like play and, and you know play with your phone in your room, uh, and then it got worse from there. I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. good decision, Dad, <laughs> good decision, good parenting there. Yeah, that was one good. of one of the few times. I that was, like, so,
2: <laughs> well, it does. It truly escalates, and it's one of those films that. We I've kind of laid the argument, would you classify this as a torture porn film?
4: Uh, it's got individual elements of it, but I think at the end of the day, uh, there's more to it than just that. Yeah. And, and I think there is a particular way that the torture is presented in torture porn that it like, I don't know, It it, it exploits that. Mm-hmm. You know, the movie is about that. And I think this movie is a little bit uh, more than just the torture that takes place in it. But I will tell you, the torture scenes are out, outrageous. So. And, oh, man, that knife,
0: that bowie knife, and the, just oof. hammering away, and the lobotomy, oof. and the drill. Yes. And yes. That, so
4: when I was uh, thinking about what I wanted to say about this film, right, uh, there is some character backstory. There is some, you know, they're, they're trying to build empathy in that way. But I knew I was connecting with that main character when like she starts that lobotomy right mm-hmm. and you're like oh old boy's done you know like he's not coming back from this like shoot what what are we gonna do now yeah how how much time do we have in this film well, mm-hmm. right right And i'm like oh damn because everything else like you can heal from and you can but like that's some long-term shit yeah, is. <laughs> you know yeah, is. like
0: you can't get unlobotomized <laughs> right exactly <laughs> Oh, my God.
2: Never underestimate the power of a Lola lobotomy. Right, you right. Know.
0: It's from the down under.
2: That is from... Well, this definitely qualifies as an Osploitation film. And, well, here, we, uh, speaking of Shudder, a little, another Shudder shout-out, uh, they just released the Not Quite Hollywood documentary.
0: Crikey. That's oh. all
2: about Osploitation. Oh, love it.
4: I'll have to check it out.
2: It's highly recommended. Uh, oh. They actually give a lot of good shout-outs to Patrick from last year as well in Into the Mouth of March Madness. Nice. Another...
1: <laughs> oh, weird. Telekinesis,
0: sad handies. Like, Oh, no. He's he's not lying. There's legitimate...
2: Uh, that's what you see in there. <laughs> but ultimately, um, I think it adds... It's it's a good um, representation of Osploitation because, like you sure. said, it's kind of the the, the rural element of it, um, which you get with, like, Wolf Creek. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Um. Totally. In fact, they were talking about kind of the resurgence of Osploitation films, and that's what I... Would you consider this an Osploitation? Yeah, okay. I would. I, okay.
0: I, I think more exploitation than Osploitation than because... Outback movies have to be in the outback, just like wilderness movies have to be in the wilderness. Lola could be anywhere, you know what I'm saying? This True. could be jersey exploitation, yeah, you know. <laughs> but I think what elevates it is the performances, yeah, because everybody in the cast brings their A game, even when it turns into super bad, it's still great. You still yeah. follow these characters, and no matter how reprehensible and terrible Lola got. I found her charming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She was extremely charming until, until it turned that. Nothing like really turns me off about a lot of things until like families get it on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That there's. Uh, it's it's there's some, hinted
2: at. Th- yeah. And you know you can read what you want into it. It's I mean, it's not, not outright so, it's not but society.
0: It's not. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's, it's not full house Lannister. But like at the same time. Okay, so there is a uh, a scene I think right
4: before when she ends up getting you know with dad or whatever, mm-hmm. where uh, you'll have to help me with the main characters names too. The the main dude, yep. Uh, she, I think she's like riding him or trying to. Oh no no
0: no! She's she's like uh, full on
4: filleting. Right, and like nothing's happening, right? Like because uh, probably he's you know been fucking tortured to death, right? Or you know almost to death. Uh, and it reminded me of, have you guys seen the ABCs of Death? Yes. Yeah. Okay, there's a particular uh, vignette. I don't remember who directs it, but it's a series of, like, contests where the loser dies and the other has to, like, uh, you know, masturbate, essentially. Yes, Right? Yes. And it gets progressively darker, like, what they have to do that to, Right. And I'm like, can you imagine having to, like, do that like with some crazy lady that's like, okay, if this doesn't happen, I'm going to drill a hole in your head. Performance anxiety.
2: Right. (laughs) It
0: was hard enough because he had to pee, right? And, like, it's hard enough because I'm thinking the same thing. I'm like, first of all, I can't pee when there's somebody in the same fucking room. Right. Let alone, like, Like, handling my junk and looking right at me. And if I don't, they're going to put a fucking... Bowie knife through my leg yeah, that is yeah. some that is some pressure that and not internal pressure that is pressure yeah I, I don't like it yeah. oh
2: god I never really thought about that yeah. whole that's yeah, that's yeah that's rough that's, man I found it terrifying, it is, like terrifying. It. it is terrifying it is terrifying. well the, in- the entirety of it like you said with both of these characters you do feel like immediate before Lola goes all crazy when she has her first in the Leonard Duck she's like can you know when you want to go to the dance yeah, with the me and, and he yeah, says nice. and mm-hmm. he even rejects her nicely but sure. you know a bit of me was like oh i feel for that kid Poor and then of course life. when it just escalates escalates
0: pretty enough and yeah. then just oh. like
2: and even just the little touches of the fact that her cd player is just so dirty and nasty and it was probably found on the side of the road yeah
0: much like the roadkill that comes into play but it, was, was, be, those, it, but it, was, it was bedazzled it was bedazzled because at the end of the day, she's still a little girl. She's daddy's little yeah. princess, oh. and like it, that plays so weird into it, you know, yes. because she's daddy's princess and she's daughter's princess, you know. So it's like you see both sides of this character at once, and that's what makes her fascinating. And yeah. like I could not take my eyes off her whenever she was on screen. Yeah, like when she's um. One of the scenes I love about her, uh, when she's throwing rocks oh, God. at up him, up in the tree, in yeah. the tree yes. yeah. and she just has the most fun, like, this is a party game, right. it's my birthday, and she's like, it's totally like a pinata." Yeah. yeah. The worst finata uh-huh. ever, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Crikey. So like, <laughs> how to speak Australian, fucked up in a <laughs> pinata pinata yeah that's, that's good
2: Ugh. yeah but but that's what's funny is the fact that she is having so much fun that i remember the first i was like oh, I, i'm kind of laughing with it, Me too. Damn it what's wrong
0: with- i the- want to play i want to throw rocks at people
2: well the levity that happens in the film it's weird like uh-huh. you said there's the super bad element but again when this this next when i watched it again i was actually able to take more out of it and i felt so bad for the girl because she's just numbing herself, yeah. You know, through the yeah. alcohol, the, the just everything she can do. And man, it's funny, and it's played for laughs on the front of it. But man, you start peeling that away, and it's like, oh, that's so
0: sad. That's yeah. why they. That's, that's why it wasn't until the reveal yeah. of that she was spoilers. Yeah, because if you if you would have saw it from there, it wouldn't be funny. No, because you'd yeah. be like, ooh, this girl is damaged, and she needs help and I don't think this teen is the guy to help him, you yeah. know? But then, like, oh, but before, you're like, teen shenanigans, Right, you know? right, yeah. And so, like, I was fully on down with the teen shenanigans, even when we found out why teen shenanigans were going to become teen shenanigans. Also, like, yeah, I could see that, you know? I still have fun, but no, that's a little sad. Yeah,
4: I, I think uh, if I had a, any beef with this movie, it would be... That tone, you know, like, yeah, I, I, there are moments where it struck me as funny, but also really terrible. Like, there's no way to get out of the lobotomy scene and not like not feel for, you know, uh, you know, our main character and also see what's going to happen. Brent. 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 But at the same time, there are all these moments that it feels like the director is purposely playing for laughs Mm -hmm. that I, you know, I kind of feel jerk back around, you know.
0: But I think that's why this is also not torture porn. Yeah. Oh, agreed. hundred percent. Because of the levity, because of the heart, it's not hostile. There's funny scenes in Hostile, but they're mean funny. Yeah. This is funny, there's some, funny, like yeah. genuinely, yeah. like like I said, teen shenanigans. And yep. even like the interaction between Lola and the kid when shit's going down. There's still some funny scenes, like yeah. like throwing rocks. Yeah, I
2: right. thought that
0: was funny as shit. But yeah, I think that we need to have that levity and that heart. To make this beyond torture porn, yeah, and I think oh, yeah, I, agree.
1: I
2: think he does a pretty good job of balancing it for the most part, um, and especially when I again realized that all he did also did the devil's candy, and I'm like, yeah. oh
0: shit, okay. yeah, that's rad right as shit. Yeah, like I
2: said, it added so much more that's to two for two. yeah my viewing. going, mm-hmm. oh, I can see kind of the evolution sure of weird family dynamics and the. What can happen if you don't deal
0: with stuff? And yeah. there was some odd humor in Devil's Candy, too. Yeah. Not yeah. a lot, but, but enough where you're like...
4: <laughs> yeah, there were some moments. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't think I'd put two and two together. So that's... I know.
2: That's it was one of those moments where you're like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Well, it also just kind of shows you the fact that, you know, the loved ones is more of... a Again, Australia, mm-hmm. international flavor, with the Devil's Candy being firmly more... I'd say I didn't even think of it as, you know, international technically. No, no. So, Satan. you know... Say, <laughs> Heavy metal and Satan and art, of course. You mm-hmm. know all the, all things that should come together like that. Not
0: on tangents, but that painting in Devil's Candy was fucking rad. Oh man, that it painting is. was rad as shit.
2: And also, and I'll say it for the female contingent out there, Ethan Embry, all jacked and everything. It's Far cry Christ- sooner. Hey,
0: <laughs> if you
4: really like rad artwork in movies, I have this movie called uh, It Comes at Night that has this really <laughs> badass painting in it. <laughs> you should check out the painting if nothing else. <laughs>
0: shit i can't i i'm just stewing in my own juices right now i don't even know what to say like fuck that painting
2: just don't throw anything on the painting right That's all we yeah right. so <laughs> final thoughts on the loved ones before we head on over into zombie land uh
4: i i think it's a an excellent entry into exploitation i think it is uh more than the sum of its parts so uh it's, it's a it's a great inclusion good yeah. excellent i like so, that
2: zombie land. You want to talk about you? We've been talking about like being totally off and this and that. Yeah. Two, Completely opposite films, <laughs> man! Oh my God, it couldn't be way more different. different. And it's so funny with this particular—the way the tournament is set up for the most part. Once you get outside of the first round, you will probably experience these kind of tonal shifts, just complete opposites. So it's always kind of tough to kind of battle them against each other. But your initial thoughts and experiences with Zombie Land.
4: Yeah, so Zombie Land is amazing. uh I, I I'm lucky enough that I get to teach class to high school kids every summer. At Truman State, uh, all about zombies and and zombie literature and film. Hmm. And this is included because, like, you know, this movie is, is, you know, 10 years old, right? Yep. But it ages so well, so well, that the comedy in 2009 is the same comedy in 2000, you know, 19. So the kids still laugh, you know, sometimes you'll show them a movie like that. You thought was hilarious. And they'd be like, I don't get it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Like, oh shit. Right. <laughs> Monday mystery movie night. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it is so depressing. Sometimes you're like, oh, this is so great. No, like, I don't get it. But this one, you can show them and they eat it up from minute one. So I think the fact that it's, it's comedy, uh, you know, is, is so long lasting is, is awesome. Um, it's a zombie film, which means I'm like it's bioengineered to sit well with me. Uh, so uh, and it also presents taxonomy. I, my brain automatically loves things that creates yeah. lists or categories, yeah. right? Like that's just the way I think. Mm-hmm. and what I like to do. so when we're like, Rule number one, right? And yeah. then I'm like, oh, shit. All right. This so is going to be the way this movie is. All right. Because
2: I know some people that were the exact opposite. When that happens, they check out completely. Oh. They almost have a genius it comes at night reaction. We're like, nope, I'm done. You're pandering. Oh. So you, that's that's the
0: jam, right? Yeah. Is it hereditary? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> no, I'm with you. I love the rules. I love, like, even the show. I even like it in the movies when they have, like, the rules big and the people interact it. like, uh, in the beginning, like fasten your seatbelts and you see the car running through the letters yeah yeah and the woman flying out of the car onto the letters yeah yeah that it it, that won me i mean the the, actually the opening montage won me but after that i was just kept on going on for the ride
4: it's got it's got brilliant set pieces you know absolutely yeah I, I, i think it it does a masterful job of maybe visiting some past zombie like uh tropes right right and and it's totally down for that and purposely doing that and i you know i think it takes a a true lover of zombie film to do something like that in such Mm -hmm. a loving way It never feels like it's making fun of it it feels like it's in on the joke with it so
0: we go back to on this uh we go back on the reference to it's either kung fury Oh, or yeah, Turbo it's Kid. Turbo Kid oh. because if you look at the two, Kung Fury is more like let's make fun of yeah. the '80s tropes, yeah. and Turbo Kid's more let's embrace and yeah. love these '80s tropes. I and love so, Turbo Kid, yeah, totally, I think yeah. I think Zombieland I is think more Turbo Kid than, yeah. than than Kung Fury.
4: I, I totally buy that, yeah.
2: and I, I guess I never really thought about that just in terms of its intent, and its heart, uh, its purpose. I, it really makes a lot of sense technically because it is really a love letter, mm-hmm. and yes. it's one. It's I'm glad to hear that it still plays well with a younger oh, yeah. crowd yeah because that's because I, I mean,
0: we're fogies we're, yeah. and so, like <laughs> yeah. we don't get a chance to watch movies yeah. with like teens anymore yeah <laughs> unless it's a unless it's in the movie theater on opening night we're like shut the fuck up right. so like you know. <laughs> yeah
4: no I'm, I'm with you and it, it is bizarre sometimes some movies play better than others but Zombieland is always uh is always a hit and right. i i think maybe uh some of the kids uh, that go to zombie camp are uh, you know, kind of nerds probably like all three true. of us were True, right? true And so their lead character is a nerd already, yeah. right? Like yeah. he's not like a, a big buffed out dude that Like Mike and I on the podcast talk about like Do you have your, you know, your car that's got like It's built for the zombie apocalypse Do you have like a mountain of guns? Like this dude's like the three of us would be, you know, yeah. oh, yeah. like yeah. Be like, uh, oh shit, uh, I don't know what to do, and and I think that, that like he's the every dork in mm-hmm. that that setting, you know. So he
0: doesn't trust people in casts. That's right. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you got it right. <laughs>
2: that zombie does look about a size fourteen,
0: right? <laughs> no, but like if it, okay. So speaking of like you say nerds, and we were growing up, if I went to school and there was a zombie uh, elective. I would be the first name on yeah. that list on the bulletin board. Yep. I would be do, full on. Do you by a chance let them eat
4: Twinkies when they do this viewing? I mean, they can bring it in. I okay. should though. That would be so fun, wouldn't it? Or Just make them let...
0: right or make him do a, a report on their favorite Bill Murray movie.
4: I, uh, yeah, oh, they'd be like, "Who?" Who? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Last yeah, time that's... they were like, and I was like, "Come on, man." Like, mm. uh, and I would tell you, you want to know the movie that they all uh, remembered him from? Um Garfield. Oh, I'm I'm trying to uh, Rushmore, Groundhog Day. Oh, that, okay, oh, good. Yeah. That's good. They were like, That's oh, Groundhog, good. and like uh, I'm half a dozen. Really? Like, I know. I was like, ah, uh, really? Yeah, I like
0: Groundhog Day, I but not Groundhog over Day. Ghostbusters.
4: Right, right. You oh know? shit, no, they just know the new Ghostbusters, yeah. which is great and you know yep. wonderful, and don't yep. want to get into that. Oh yeah, no, so no, I'm all for it. So.
0: Tangent, really quick, because I got to ask you a question. We yeah. you talked earlier about the, like, the movie still holds up, and mm-hmm. it's always a bummer when you're like, you don't love this movie. Yeah. What oh. has been one that just stabbed you right in the heart?
4: I, I mean, honestly speaking, uh, and some of it may just be the like the, 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 the it's a the type of humor that they don't get. Uh, so the first I'll give you is I always play them Pontypool. All right, I oh. love
0: Pontypool. I yes.
4: fucking love Pontypool, yep. but it is slow, yeah. and it is a particular brand <laughs> movie that sometimes the high school kids aren't down for. The ones that do, I'm like. You're my kids. Are you're my new, you're my new <laughs> favorite. Yeah, you're
0: my kids. Teachers, pets.
4: But the <laughs> other is, uh, in a, it's sad to say, but it's Shaun of the Dead. Like <gasps> mm, Sometimes the British humor, I think, is sure. lost uh, on them. yes. Like, they're used to a very specific like
0: YouTube type of humor that, well, you know. You know, we talked about it on one of the previous shows. The, people say that Zombieland is American Shaun of the Dead, and I think that's both kind of correct but also kind of false because both movies rely on humor, but you have Shaun of the Dead with – very British, it, yes, very yeah. British humor, British sensibilities versus uh, Zombieland with a very American oh, sensibilities. I mean, true. perfect thing, perfect example is the line in Zombieland where he's like, I love fucking rednecks, you know, yeah. and like, because he finds that car full of guns. Guns. Yeah. yeah. And that's, they wouldn't say rednecks in Britain. Right. You know. Nor
4: would they find like a big, you know, caravan full of it. Right. We mm-hmm. love
2: soccer hooligans yeah. and-, <laughs> right, <laughs> right. and all the bats, you know. <laughs> right, exactly. Right, right, right.
4: But I, I think you're hundred percent right. There is like a I, I hate to call it sophistication, but maybe that's that's the appropriate word. Like they it, that I think sometimes they miss. Sure. And, you know, Zombieland is is down for a little sophomoric comedy. And I I'm, I'm, I'm uh, that's cool. Like if that's if that's where we're gonna swim today then You know, I'm putting on my
1: trunks.
2: Wait out to the deep end. Well, ultimately, whatever, like you said, whatever gets them in, you know, Zombieland is probably a gateway film for a lot of people in horror. Because think about ultimately, well, it's so funny, again, just the Bill Murray reference, but uh, Emma Stone at this point is probably another big sticking point. And I'll say this, I know it's not a horror movie, but the favorite was one of my favorites from last year. I want to see it back. Oh, it's grand. Yeah, but and she is fantastic in that. So I love the fact that she kind of got her start in the genre fair like this. And the fact she's coming back for the sequel. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. I, I, I loved her in Superbad. Yeah. And yeah. so uh, when I felt like, ooh, oh, the girl from Superbad? In a zombie movie? Yeah, yeah. You know? What, what, what? You know? Well, <laughs> And
4: and uh, you know, trying to connect pop culture with literature, that kids might know. Easy A is a great yeah. example of that, right? Yeah. Like that movie is tremendous in bringing some of those themes to you know kids these days. So yeah, she's doing great stuff.
2: It is. I, yeah, I dig her work. Obviously, um, what else is on the uh, the uh, the syllabus there? For I'm curious oh, now because yeah, we right? got two. Zombie horror, some horror comedies with yeah. Zombie Land and Sean. Yeah. What else are you incorporating? So
4: this year we are trying to do uh like our worldly take on it. So Ooh. uh probably the emotional hit of last year we are showing again. Oh God.
0: Oh god. Train to Busan. Train to
4: Busan, Train to Busan. yeah.
0: Oh yeah. no. Hello. <laughs> <Like, laughs> yeah. If thing.
4: you wanna like see a class of twenty five teenagers like yes. Full on hiccup crying.
0: <laughs> like, Dude, I, if you wanted to see a group of like a, a row of grown men yep. ball like babies, when yeah. we saw that, oh. oh man, there wasn't a dry eye in the
4: house. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I talked about Pontypool. Uh, nice. I did nice. show because I think it's important to like introduce the kids into first, second, and third act type of movies. Uh, also, I had some uh, like folks that wanted a little more action, so I showed World War Z, and then we read part of the novel and kind oh, of compared the two, yeah. right? Because the novel is is phenomenal, yeah, right? Fantastic. <laughs> it's, uh, of course, Night of the Living Dead. That's what we start with. You start with that, nice. And then uh, I don't show Day because Day is a little slow. It's it a little uh, hard to get into. But I absolutely show Dawn, and the kids tend to eat up Dawn.
2: So. Also, uh, pour one out for Joe Pilato, who yeah. just recently yeah. passed. Yeah. yeah, yep. Choke on him, indeed. Yep. Yeah. I tell, and I'm, you know, and I know. Speaking of us being old fogies, you know, we're just seeing so many more of the people of we our grew our up with. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah.
4: I don't, I don't, I don't hmm. love that.
0: No, I know. <laughs> like it makes, yeah, know, like. May I make a suggestion for your class? Do it. <laughs> I would suggest to, one, the girl with all the gifts. We that show good. that. Okay. That and good. talking
4: about modern uh, public education, actually. And the kids eat it up. Okay. Sorry I to eat, geek out for a they, moment. They eat it up? That's
1: good. Yeah. That's good. Uh, yeah, yeah. see what I did there? Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Not on purpose, I wish.
4: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I have them read a short story by Dan Simmons called This Year's Class Picture that is fantastic. It's about a classroom full of zombies uh, and a teacher who's like... Sticking it out. Everybody else is dead, but she's (laughs) teaching these kids, even though they're zombies. And so we watched that and The Girl with All the Gifts, which started out as a novel, too. Right. Uh, And man, the the kids really like that, too. I'm sorry, genius. No, no, no. No, 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 no. no, no. That's
0: good. I was also going to suggest 28 Weeks Later.
4: All right of of the two of those movies uh i think right. it's a significant i you, i
2: you could add a uh, like an imperialistic thing a foreign uh, affairs, you know regimes yeah you could, you absolutely
4: know, maybe there's some, a lot of militarism in that yeah mm-hmm. i dig it all right plus idris cool.
0: elba come on
4: yeah that's good cool. yeah, that
0: Occupa- occupation yep reoccupation i like it, I like it. So, oh, it? Yeah. Right. oh look at you genius see we're more we're we're litter and literati
4: <laughs> Maybe you want to come up and be a uh, guest lecturer, lecturer if I ever. Uh...
0: Woo! All right, let me tell you about this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Gonna have to sign a waiver or a warning right? or something along the lines. They all the do lines. that
4: anyway, so <laughs> we're covered. <laughs> no, that is
2: beyond super rad. So, are you looking? How how excited are you for the sequel then? Uh, or are you excited? Because I know some people. Zombieland. Are...
4: Yep. Yep. Zombie... Uh, I'm I'm totally stoked. Right. Uh, I think it'll be really funny, really interesting. Most importantly, they got all of that original cast back. So as long as they, you know, lean into that comedy and and don't try to do anything, uh, you know, more than what they've done, I could see them like, uh, I don't know, try to accomplish more with it. And if they do that, then maybe it won't be a success. But if they stay in their wheelhouse, then. I'll be, you know, the first guy in line for the ticket.
2: So you get 10 years. We be getting a sequel. We've seen that happen a lot, though, with a lot, especially in horror, especially in horror. We see that all the time. They
0: come out the next year or 20 years later. So like, mm
2: -hmm. but it's good to know that there definitely still is an audience. And at this point, I mean, have we hit the zombie oversaturation point?
0: Or like, because I think a lot of people will say, will say, yes, Absolutely. But there's a lot of people like me who says no, yeah. bring it on. I've always loved the zombie genre, because zombies were never the monsters. They were, yeah. But it never was. It was always a lot more to it. Yeah. And I just like seeing people get eaten. Yeah. And who n- doesn't?
2: And <laughs> right? not to go off on a tangent here, off of Zombieland. But were you? Did you have a chance to see One Cut of the Dead?
4: Yeah, yeah. So all right, here's a story for you. Uh, I, uh, I can't, I can't deliver too much, but I was desperate to show that uh, at this year's zombie camp. And uh, I have not received 100% confirmation, but a lot of my sources say it's going to come to uh, one streaming service at some point in time, oh, and it may or may not be uh, in the summertime, so well, we can check it there. Because mm-hmm. it was really difficult to get a non-region DVD yep. of it, right? Yep,
2: that's yeah.
0: Did you hear <laughs> that they've already announced <laughs> the, oh, the, the American you, uh, remake of it? Oh, woof. Palm, pom, pom, pom! indeed. That oh. is some horse shit because no matter how good this movie is, no matter how much they try, uh, they, oh, will they will never capture that magic, no. that essence, that like heart in it. Yeah. Oh, and,
4: and it does like talk about a movie that's got you so cr- much heart. Like it's it, just hard out
2: the ass. Right. Mm.
4: Like everybody's trying hard. It's right? it's
2: it's a love letter to a film family. Yeah. You know, it's just yep. every anyone that's made a movie. It's mm-hmm. and it's. It's another one, uh, Panic Fest. I get a shout out to Panic Fest. They have killed it when it comes to their yeah. zombie films. And I have cried. Mo- I cried at One Cut of the Dead. I couldn't help but that shot when it's everyone's sweet. working together. Yes, right, the yeah. father and the daughter coming right. together, remaking that little image. Yeah, and just how much fun it is. And but that-
1: it's
0: so hard to talk about One Cut of the Dead without spoiling oh, okay, One Cut yeah. of the yeah. Dead. You know, just sit through thirty minutes. Yep. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's all the spoilers. And all the things you need. Even the thirty minutes are, are rad.
4: rad. Yeah, yeah. just like Sean. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh see I,
2: I don't think there's a zombie saturation point because we wouldn't have I this, agree having this much fun talking yeah. about zombie I agree I if, think
0: as long as they keep out putting original Originals. new and fun content certainly there will always be a place for zombies yeah
4: uh, my take when people ask me that right uh, I think zombies are enough in the pop culture lexi- lexicon now that it's like a universal monster, sure. you know. Yeah. We, we yeah. still make vampire movies, you know. Nobody's like, oh, I think the time of the vampire is over." And it's like bullshit, you know. Yeah. We're just going to reinvent the you know, a way to tell that story.
2: And, and what I like is, you know, a lot of people will always cut their teeth with making a zombie film because technically it's probably cheaper sure. and what have you. So yeah. there's, you're still always going to have that. It's the, it's a gateway. It's an access point. But like you said, when we get. The Elevated Horror. Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Triggered.
1: Uh, it, it, it,
2: it, it, it lends credence, though, and I think it does add freshness to it, and Absolutely. that's why we're still talking and crying and just promoting these films as much as we can. And
0: I think that's what Zombieland did. Yes. It took, it put a fresh spin on the zombie, because at then, yeah, there was Shaun of the Dead, but there wasn't a lot of good zombie comedies mm-hmm. you, the last one besides Shaun of the Dead was uh, Return of the Living Return Dead, the Living Dead. Yeah. but then as you see more people like okay zombies can be funny and can be very relevant um, movies like Zombies of Mass Destruction where it all came about Islamophobia and mm-hmm. it's all about mm-hmm. America versus everybody else yep. and there's movies all along the line. the girls with all the gifts yeah. so as long as something new is added to it yeah so Zombieland be. is a Prime example of that.
2: Yeah. So, final thoughts on Zombieland before we Hat these two together.
0: Yeah, uh, like uh,
4: I, I would feel bad uh, for anything that that may have to uh, you know compete with it because to say that it has a soft spot in my heart would be uh, you know hyperbole in the wrong direction. Probably. We like to I confront our
2: own bias, you know, and right. we, that's why we like to show our work here. So, here in the round of the Hateful Eight, we have two criteria that we look at. Uh, the first thing that we do is we and this gets weird because this one definitely is a little bit more subjective, but we want you to create your own definition of what horror was like in two thousand and nine. And that can, you know, be based on the movies and the pot and the, the the bracket or just overall in general. And then based on that definition, which of the two films fit it better? So of course we're gonna start with our guests. So Tyler two thousand and nine horror. Yeah. What's going on?
4: So we I always like to look through uh, the lens of like politics or the lens of sociology. Right. So 2009 is, um, the you know, the, the year after Barack Obama took over office. Right. Uh, and so he led with the message of hope and change.
2: Yes, we can.
4: So I, I think the idea that our pop culture now is starting to re- reflect those ideals of hope and change. kind of gives me a pretty good criteria to use to evaluate the movies. Are they representative of that time of hope and change? And, uh, you know, uh, I I think those are probably pretty good apt metaphors to use looking at stuff moving forward.
2: Perfect. So which of the two then fits that definition? Yeah.
4: Um, (laughs) So I I evaluated it, right? Like Mm -hmm. uh, there are, I I think at the end of the day, the, the loved ones is... A fantastic film, and there is a little bit of hope in it. And uh, I, I think the idea that we have to change our bad behaviors, and you know, there are you know some things that are not going to work forever, like you know, dittling your daughter or whatever, right? <laughs> right. Uh, I, I, so I do think they have some of that. But at the end of the day, Zombieland is a lot about finding family. It's a mm. lot about moving forward in a world that is a wasteland, right? Uh, it's a lot about changing how we interact with that wasteland, but also with one another. And, you know, at the end of the day, uh, the, the folks that look like cowards end up being brave and the ones that look like they can make it by themselves. Have to have some help, so I ultimately go uh, with *Zombieland* because it's hope and change, man. It's hope and change.
1: Bring an educator nice. on. They show the work exactly. They show the work.
2: So I'd hate to follow that. So a genius. Mm-hmm. What do you got, Knox, on the tap?
0: Okay, so in in this stage of the game in horror, I don't want to say that it, people rested on their laurels, but a lot of the stuff that came out was lather, rinse, repeat. You know, yeah. there wasn't. But when something. Horror at the time was changing and evolving, and it was taking risks and it was wanting to do something new. It wanted to do, like, even 10 years ago, there was like a lot more torture, but then they wanted to bring some levity in it. They wanted, they took movies that took bigger risks. They were like not banking on horror, but I think adding something new. new. Giving something a new flavor, giving something a new spin is all what 2009 was all about. And you see that actually with both The Loved Ones and Zombieland. They take your basic cut and dry torture porn and added humor and heart to it. Zombieland, they took your standard Night of the Living Dead, ramped it up to 11, and threw all kinds of crazy shit in it and hoped everything stuck. And for me, everything stuck. And I think Zombieland is more indicative to what we have because if you look at it, yeah, if you look at what we had on the bracket, there was a lot of dourness, but there was a lot of, like, that was dour, but it was funny. Or "That that was sad, but it was messed up. So there was a lot of this, but that. Zombieland was fantastic but it really really funny but good set pieces of like heart and good set pieces of horror and carnage and for the nineties aesthetic I'm gonna have to go with zombie land. Alright
2: excellent choice uh, so <sighs> this was a tough one for me because I was kind of looking again I was kinda like Tyler as you just kinda look at kind of like the the world scale at this point you know put putting a view and on that in 2009, we're we're hardcore into the internet age now. You know, we've got multi, we've got generations now that have existed with the internet always. You know, they've never been without it. So at this point, we're getting we're getting bombarded with so much just information, entertainment. We've got avenues we never had and existed before, yeah. and that's scary because you know the way I always look at technology, it's advanced so far that we're still so behind. We really don't know how to harness it officially, effectively, all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so at this point, when you're just being overwhelmed with all this nastiness and everything. I think it's with some of the films in there, but and I also think kind of picking back in on that change and hope that you have to strive for hope in this kind of just in this day and age now when you're just surrounded with negativity and nastiness and man that just hurts your psyche Mm -hmm. so much and I think ultimately with a lot of these films and I mean literally going through these, you know even going like to thirst, you know that's all about You finding some 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 solace in these nasty situations mm-hmm. you find you in, whether they're you know something that you know you deserve or not um even like the collector, think about the housing crisis and everything yeah. you know and literally we have films built around evil houses so the, you know those elements yeah stick in. but for me the finding hope in anything and I think you can find it with the loved ones because obviously Brent is his whole striving is to get back with his family to get back with his girlfriend mm-hmm. but yeah. Zombieland, though man I mean, it is all built around trying to find something in this wasteland. And it's trying to, no matter what your scenario, whether it's, you know, it's created on your own, whether, you know, it's something else, trying to persevere and go through adversity. And I think Zombieland does do that, whether it's for a Twinkie family, what have Mm -hmm. you. I mean, you've got to have something to push you forward. So I'm going to go with Zombieland as well. Now, after that one, here it is the year 2019. We are celebrating a decade of horror with these films. We're talking about them. We're loving them. But which of these two films are we still going to be talking about 10 years from now when we do Into the Mouth of March Madness again? Maybe. <laughs> so, Tyler, which one are we going to be talking about? I'll be so old.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
4: you know, I honestly think uh, as interesting a piece as The Loved Ones is, I uh, I I think it is a very specific film for a very specific time and uh, like as a part of the zombie canon, uh, particularly because they have a sequel coming out, you know, so like the sequel will only be a decade old. Right. right? Who knows? Maybe the third one will be coming out by then. Right. Uh, Yeah, I think the longevity of Zombieland uh, is going to win out because I mean, very clearly it's it's stuck around, I think, pretty well.
0: Nope. Genius. If you go up to the casual horror fan, not even the normie, the casual horror fan and show them a a VHS, a DVD (laughs) of the loved ones and a DVD of Zombieland, which one have you seen? Nine out of ten times they're going to point to Zombieland. Mm -hmm. Even if they've seen, well, of course, they they wouldn't have seen it, but (laughs) they're going to point to Zombieland. And I think that shows you right there. More people have seen Zombieland. Hence, more people will be talking about yeah. Zombieland. It's not only it's a zombie movie, but it's a great comedy. Mm-hmm. And it's got Woody Harrelson, Emma Stone, all these people, Abigail Breslin, before they hit bigger things. So I think for that rationale, Zombie Land Makes sense. Yep. I go Okay,
2: so Night of the Living Dead, 68, that came out? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, 50 some odd years ago. Mm-hmm. Here in 2019, we're still talking about zombie films again. Hopefully, it brings something new. Zombieland did. Now, whether or not ten years from now, who knows what we're going to get with Zombie Fair? Uh, but I think ultimately we can call back to these zombie comedies: Shaun of the Dead, Return of the Living Dead, and Zombieland. I think it ultimately deserves its spot in there. And again, with the loved ones, I hopefully we still are talking about it ten yeah. years from now. And I hope we are. And right. I hope it becomes that undiscovered gem. But ultimately, the majority, the populace, whether they're hardcore horror fans or even normies, they're going to be talking to Zombieland versus right. Loved Ones. So I'm going to go ahead and go with Zombieland. And
0: this and, might... But before we go into that, I just want to put a, a caveat to what I'm saying. <laughs> I hope more people see well, yeah. Loved Ones. Yeah. It's, loved it's Ones a great needs film. to be seen. While we're showering this praise of, of Zombieland, we also shower praise with the Loved Ones. But it's <laughs> a genuinely great horror film. At the end of the day, both of them are really good. I'll tell you, I'll be honest. Like loved ones is way more fucked up than Zombieland's going to get, but at the same time, these both these movies need to be seen.
2: And it's a rare kind of sweep here, but by a score of six to zero. Zombieland has devoured the loved ones and will be representing 2009 in the round of the Frightful Four. Lola just wasn't
1: pretty enough.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The CD player started skipping. We had to put it out of its misery. Crikey. Here we are, gang. We have now four films from each of our decades uh, that are going to be battling against each other. Now... As this episode is released on Friday, March 29th, here on Saturday, March 30th, uh, make sure you visit our uh, website, us on social media, Nightmare Junk on Twitter, and Nightmare Junk on on Facebook, because we will have our polls here, because now it is officially up to you guys to see which films will make it into the uh, championship round. So on Saturday from 1979, we have Alien... Going up against this is the best one from 1999, Alien and Audition.
0: Oh, oh wow. Good in, God. in space no one can hear you <laughs>
2: And then on Sunday, we will have now this is another actually this one makes a little bit more sense, but from eighty nine we have Shocker okay. going up against yeah. Zombieland.
4: Ah, oh, that'll be great. That'll That'd be, be a, a great, great double contest. feature, actually. Yes,
0: that one would. wouldn't be <laughs> bad, be a would dope it? Dope double feature. I would spend a Saturday Watching those two movies. Oh, Fuck, yeah. I'd spend a Saturday watching all four of those movies.
2: I, I, any one of these films would, would definitely make your day. But then on Monday, whichever win- films go from the Frightful Four, the championship round, we will make it decided then. But your vote counts, so mm-hmm. make sure you are voting, retweeting, spreading the word, all that kind of good stuff. Tyler, thank you so much, man, for taking hey. the time to do this.
4: Well, thanks for inviting me. I had an absolute blast. Good, I, I, good. That's. I, I hope uh, you know we, we can confer again on whatever... Horror movies you guys want to talk about.
0: But not It Comes a Night, not (laughs) Hereditary.
4: I think you guys need to put
0: that in your bracket. Yeah. You know, oh, like, oh,
2: hopefully that, we'll be going on until that point, and we can definitely do that. That would be fantastic. <laughs> you,
0: you know, no matter what it's going to be, you could put fucking the Care Bears movie against, it. and I'm like, that was a better movie. <laughs> care Bears care, right? Right. <laughs>
2: so again, tell our listeners where can they find you out on the social media.
4: Yeah, that's great. Uh, feel free to follow me at Ty Unsel That's with two L's. Uh, or you can follow what we're producing uh, media wise at uh, Signal Horizon on Twitter. Signal Horizon on Facebook, and uh, feel free to check out our podcast. It's uh, The Horror Pod Class. We release tuesdays to thursdays every week depending on how busy the uh, class schedule is as, so. a, as,
2: a, as a as a someone that's out there educating our youth you have you you take all the time you want there you. uh but again thank you for that and i would like to make, thank every single person that came Absolutely. on for this month of march for our into the mouth of march madness tournament it is still always a work in progress uh genius thank you because i know we were doing all sorts of stuff it was, it was pretty it chaotic was crazy. so and thank you not a problem not a problem and thank every single person that is sent in a bracket mm-hmm. again that has played along at home this is always a blast now in the month of april uh we've actually got two new releases that we're going to be talking and we've yep. got a special easter treat for you guys <laughs> so much coming up cannot wait for that but until that time this is greg d i'm genius mcgee and we will see you in your dreams